Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Monday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 202. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jamie Rivers has the day off. He's throwing the first pitch tonight at Bush Stadium for the Cardinals game, uh, courtesy of Valley Sports Midwest. With Andrew Marsh, Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie today. Danny Mack, always love doing some radio with you, my friend. Love doing it with you, too, and Marshy, and it should be a, um, a packed... Monday afternoon with everything going on. You got the NFL, you got college, you got Wayno going for 200. So plenty to get into today. And you can always reach out to us here in the show at 314 399 9646. That's the Air Comfort Service text line. Again, 314 399 9646. Oh, no, that's the wrong show. Event. Yep, that's the opening that's the drive. Morning. Okay, you can they catch do them. Yo ho. 7 to 10. Yo ho. They love the yo ho's there. They do. Uh, our thing is. Text line. No, well, nobody's safe, and we bury the bodies. That's <laughs> that's what the fast thing's all about. Good to see you, my man. You too. You too. So, Dan, I got to eat some crow today. All right. And I'm sure Mizzou fans have been waiting for me to take these oh, airwaves boy. so that they can crush me. And you know what? They deserve it because I called their team out the last two weeks. I said, if you're going to throw the ball sideways 482 times a game, you're not going to be able to beat Kansas State. You're not going to beat LSU. Hell, you might not beat Memphis with that high school style offense. You got to throw the ball ex- uh, explosively. You have to throw the ball vertically, okay? Or else forget it. It's a high school offense. You're going to spoil this defense. And they did. They did. They did a great job. I give all the credit in the world to Brady Cook, who had himself a great game on Saturday as Mizzou beat Kansas State. Of course, we have to give the hat tip to Harrison Melvis, who hits oh boy. an 85-yard. Holy God. It was 61, but it felt like 85. Good for him. And I credit Eli Drinkwitz and his coaching staff, specifically Kirby Moore. I don't think the game plan, Dan, was let's throw the ball sideways against two subpar teams and barely escape last week, and then we'll open up the playbook. I don't think that so was So you it. don't think they were saving it for K-State? I don't, I don't have inside information on this at all, but I do wonder... This is all me. It's specu- I'm speculating. Reckless speculation on a Monday morning. I like it. Or Monday afternoon, excuse Whatever. me. Whatever. Whatever it is. I wonder if Eli 
went to Kirby Moore and said, we've got to throw the ball forward more. We have got oh, to there's add no some doubt. explosiveness here. And they did. They did. And they were more, I think, creative in their offense. I watched from the opening kick until the uh, the field was littered with young fans having fun and the way fun. that they did it. It was great. A couple of things that I look at. Number one, the shoulder of Brady Cook seems to be okay. Yeah, no kidding. You know, by him being able to throw a deep ball, which, to your point, they had to do that. He had never surpassed 242 yards in his previous career games against Power 5. How about that? He had never done that. And so now he has nine completions of 15 or more yards in that game and six that went for 25-plus. So the deep ball is there if they want it, and they got it. And by the way, Luther Burden is the real deal. Wow. He's averaging now 15 yards per catch. He's the real deal, man. He's legit. How, how about this, though? If <laughs> they they get the, the final field goal, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you what, if, if they don't hit that field goal, Eli Drinkwitz may be run out of town because of clock management at the end of that game. That can't be, that's what we'd be talking about. It was embarrassing to have that happen. That can happen. Now, when you're going up against top 15 teams like this, This isn't Middle Tennessee State. This is K-State, a very good team. This is going to be LSU when you hope you're 5-0 in one of the biggest games of Eli's tenure at Mizzou. You can't have that happen. I I was just shocked that they let that happen. To his credit, he said that was on me, the head coach. I've got to have better clock management. But we'd be talking about that today if... If, if, if he doesn't hit that field goal. 61-yarder. Dan, when you're not calling the plays as a head coach, either offensively or defensively, clock management. You have got to manage pretty the clock. Yeah. You have ha- you have to have... Challenges in the clock. You Exactly. You have to have a feel for the game, where it's headed. Get on the, the, the headset. That's why they all wear the headsets. Hey, our defense is dominating... Prepare to go for it on fourth down. I'm not talking about Kansas, the Kansas State game specifically. I'm talking about in general, if you're the head coach and you're not calling plays on either side of the ball. Our defense is dominating. We're going to go for it in this spot on fourth down. Prepare prepare your plays for four, uh, any fourth down play, fourth and short, any distance. Be prepared. I will go for it. If it's a, if it's a situation where maybe your defense is uh, not playing well, you have to understand how, what the game calls for in that moment to, to instruct your coordinators. But the number one thing you have to do is is make sure you manage the clock so you don't screw up a, a potential win. Now, Mizzou could be 5-0. and That's realistic going into the LSU game, which, by the way, will be uh, at home for Missouri. But Memphis Saturday, the game at the Dome, they're favored by seven points. Then they go to Vanderbilt. You should win that game. You have to win that game if you have any shot of being a decent team inside the SEC. So you're 5-0 and potentially going into, uh, going into LSU on what seems to be a down year for the SEC. LSU might be the best team in the SEC. We're going to find out, but that's why that game on Saturday was so big. You could go in there undefeated, and it's one of the biggest games of the year. I'll be fascinated, by the way, to see the crowds uh, for this weekend and Memphis and Mizzou at the Dome. I don't know this for a fa- I think they're around only 40, 45,000. That's like a Battlehawks game. Mm-hmm. They did push like 1,000 to 1,500 tickets after they won on Saturday. You know, fans are getting into it. But sure. 
hey, this is a chance for, you know, Mizzou fans and that alumni base here in St. Louis to come out and support them and no better place than just go downtown and see what they got. Dan, I don't fault any Mizzou fan for saying, I'll buy the tickets when they beat Kansas State. I don't fault them at all. If they, if you know, hey, well, let's see how they do on Saturday. If they lose this one, why am I why am I going to buy tickets to go see them in, uh, against Memphis? But you won that game, and I thought that was one of, if not the biggest games for Eli, given the context of where this program was. I was not impressed for the first two, the first two games with that offense. He comes from Appalachian State with the offense. He gave up the play calling duties. It's Kirby Moore. It's all that. Brady Cook wasn't throwing any forward passes woefully unimpressed by the first two games but you beat kansas state number 15th in the nation a team that whooped your ass a year ago and you do so when you throw forget the yardage 350 yards of total offense for brady cook don't forget the yardage dan just had it for you 9.9 yards per pass attempt yep now you got my attention so you he, have to throw vertically oh he, he and he did and the last time mizzou against a ranked opponent. Think about how long this has been. James Franklin was the uh, quarterback wow. in which you had 350 yards of total offense from your QB with three TDs and zero turnovers. Now, <clears throat> I know I understand that that's a lot of numbers I'm throwing at you, but it does tell you how rare it's been against ranked opponents for this team to win. Mm-hmm. That's another reason why this game was so big for them. I'll tell you another thing, too. A sidebar to this is that recruiting... I, I I look at last weekend as being huge for recruiting. Nationally televised, the, the atmosphere that you probably had a ton of recruits there. You get on the phone. After that game, immediately you're talking to your recruits. That's why this weekend is big. Yeah, Wingo at St. Louis U uh, High School. They're trying to get that kid, get him down to the Dome. But they had a four-star defensive lineman, Julian Marks, commit. And they also had another top commit recruit right after the game ended. That's why you got to win. You got to win, man. You got to win. You win. You're on national TV. Yeah. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't pretty. Eli with a big mistake. He admitted it afterwards. But you got to win that game. I got I got I got my crow to the side or played a crow <laughs> to the side and I am glad to eat it, man. I am when they when when Harrison kicked that when Harrison Mervis kicked that ball Went through the uprights, and they, they would have had another shot because it was there was flags on the field. So he, you know, if he missed that, he would have, you know, got at least five yards. And okay, whatever. But you win that game, ranked opponent, and you do so, and it wasn't smoke and mirrors. I, I'll gladly eat the crow today. I'm going to throw this at you, and this is a tough question because it's kind of out of left field. So let's just see if you get in the vicinity of this. Okay. I was way off on my guess. Mm-hmm. How many receiving yards do you think Luther Burden put together total last year as a freshman? How many yards? How many yards? Receiving yards. 618. 375. He's already at 327 now in his sophomore year. He's averaging 15 yards per catch. Another reason to get vertical to show his speed. His second touchdown was awesome near the sideline. I mean that's that kid is a game changer, and and he's not talked about because Mevis hits the uh, the sixty one yarder to win yeah. it. But if Luther Burden isn't on the field, they don't win that game. That's how important recruiting is. Clearly, you get good players, but he's elite, and he's starting to get 
I think some of the national recognition that people why they made him the number one receiver yes maybe number one offensive player in the country coming out you know and there's great thoughts on burden good good for cook too he, he gets hurt in the first half of that game yeah the, you would have had to break his leg for him to come out he got like one play i think i think horn came in for one play and then cook was right back out there. i did think marsh so we had uh we had fader follow yeah, I was we, thinking about it the entire time I was watching the game. We, we had Fader follow, and Dan, as as you've been a part of our Friday shows, you know that Fader follow, listener calls in, has an opportunity to win $50 of FanDuel's money. We give him a play, and then he or she decides whether or not they fade us or follow us. And it's Jacob, right? It's, it's Trevor. Trevor, I'm sorry. Jacob played yep. Beat the Streak. So Trevor, our guy Trevor, calls in on Friday Already up 150 bones. Oh, he's happy. He followed us each week. Very happy. On Friday, Marsh and Jamie, and I don't blame him for this, give me a little pushback, but I said, look, I think Brady Cook throws for over, what was the number, like 208 or something? It was 208. That yep. was it, 208? That was it. But to your, you had the statistic earlier. He had not fared well against Power 5 teams before. But I said, look, guys, I think, I think K-State shuts down Mizzou's run and he's going to be forced to throw the ball. I think yeah. this, this number's too low. And when he got hurt in the first half, I go, of course. Because it looked like he was going to clear that, <laughs> oh, and he, he did. Was, you would have to break his leg, it looks like, to get him out of a game. And I thought, oh, God, really? Because he, <laughs> right. he already had, like, he was at one, I think I think it checked, he was at 187 passing yards when he got hurt. And I'm like, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. But he comes back in, throws for, you know, th- over 300. I didn't realize this. I was listening at the very beginning of the game to the radio broadcast, and the way that they set it up, it's like if you're watching Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, and they say, let's meet the offense. And it's Anthony Stalter, Alabama, Joe Blow, South Carolina. Yeah. Well, they do that with Mizzou, too, on the radio. The, the kids voice, you know, where their name and where they're from. Yeah. It's amazing how many in-state guys are starting right now for Mizzou on both sides of the ball and a lot of St. Louis kids. Yeah. To me, it just tells me there's a lot of talent here in town. And I, I saw the other day there was a stat of NFL players coming out of the city of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I mean, it's they're, they're up there with some of the Texas kids, California kids, uh, guys that make it from St. Louis to the NFL. That's excellent. It is. I mean, there's a lot of talent here. You just have to keep it. And wins like Saturday – a win against LSU would be enormous of getting a kid to commit and to stay in state to say, look, I don't need to go anywhere else. I'm already going to be playing SEC football, and now I'm going to get to play with one of the better teams in the country yeah. until Dion gets his hands on him. <laughs> Dion with a huge win on Saturday night. It could have been his glasses. You know what he did? Did you hear about this? He gave out. He gave each kid his, his sunglasses. So didn't he? he. It was like watching the last dance with the pandemic. Yeah. Remember, nothing's on, and they said, "Oh, we can just let's let's excel this to get it out there for everybody." The last dance, everybody will watch. We yeah. so they remember they they pushed it forward yeah, and it worked. Okay. Apparently, Dion had a sunglasses deal. Is my understanding prior to this. Prior to the comments made about the sunglasses and the hat, take them off, shake hands, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they rushed it, and he sold $1.2 million worth of sunglasses. That's incredible. I, I think I'm right with that story, yeah. but yeah. that's that's something I read or heard or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, $1.2 The brand is called Blender's Eyewear. Oh, my goodness. It's phenomenal. 
And, and again, Dion with a big win. All right, we're not done talking to Mizzou. So drink. I got a lot of things on my mind. When you only do this once every couple weeks, you're, you're ready to go. In, you're locked and loaded. I love it. You're trying to stretch for four hours. I'm coming in hot. I already used all my material. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan will regroup. Uh, we're on until we're on until six o'clock again. J- no Jamie Rivers say because our boy is throwing out the first pitch tonight. Cardinals and Brewers. So uh, Jamie Jamie was practicing last week, so I'm sure he'll do fine. Was he really? Yeah, he was. Him and I were throwing the ball around uh, last week. He was worried about his shoulder, but he'll be fine. Oh, stop. All you got to do is just kind of float it in there and you're fine. Jamie doesn't do anything half-assed, Dan. You know That's that. true. Maybe he just guns one in there about 96 and Dusty Blake says, we got an arm. Maybe a two-seamer. We need him. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's what he's hoping for. Yeah. A tryout. 216, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. So, Eli Drinkowitz wasn't all happy after the win on Saturday. We'll tell you why next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Redemption's a beautiful thing. And hopefully it will quiet the noise and get people to be pushing in one direction to be quite honest I'm gonna say it it pissed me off when we booed our starting quarterback to start the game that pissed me off and he went out there and played his butt off for this university and this team they need to get behind him we need to get behind the young man you want to boo me fine you don't boo the starting quarterback it's bull crap I'll say it again should never happen Harrison Mevis he's tough as nails does everything the right way game on the line he makes it beautiful and that's redemption but that really bothered me and i'm so glad he played so well i gotta be honest i don't know where the redemption part comes in from drink but eli drinkwitz passionate nonetheless he did miss an opportunity though i'm 40 i'm a man he did he could have gone gone on uh, mike gundy on us yeah i i'm kind of torn on this whole thing i'm not a, a big fan of fans booing 18 19 year old college kids yeah they're college kids, whether you you know want to look at it that way or not. However, this is big business. Fans buy a ticket; they can do anything they want. They want to boo, they want to cheer. I just, I, I that's number one. I think they should be able to do what they want. Mm-hmm. I just have a problem sometimes when it's college, college kids like Georgia got booed off the field at halftime. Of their game with South Carolina; they were trailing uh, at the half at home, and they got booed off the field. I'm thinking yeah. uh, you got a couple of national championships under your belt. There's going to be some adjustments made by Kirby Smart. It's football in the South. You're going to be just fine. Yeah. I get it. I, But you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. There's a fine line with it, I guess. And Brady Cook is playing through a bad shoulder last year, stuck in the game this weekend, and played exceptionally well. I don't know, man. I, I Am I wrong on this, or where, where are you with this? I'll just give you my personal thoughts on just the, the overall booing. I think booing is lame. I, I think booing is lame. I'm not saying not you if shouldn't. a guy doesn't hustle. Then it, all bets are off. Fine, but I, just, I the actual boom. boo is lame to me. Like boo, I just I I think that is it's just uh, it it almost feels kind of childish, right? I agree with you from like the college standpoint. I also view it as drink. You just want a huge game. Why are you coming out and saying this? Why Build on the momentum you, going yes, forward. Why are you calling attention to it? I understand he wants to have his his players back. You go to the, go to him, Brady Cook, get in my office right now. Hey, did you hear those boos? 
you just dropped your you stuck your, it right to them. You dropped your huevos rancheros right not right on their faces. Everybody that was booing, you took your huevos rancheros out. You put it right on their faces. Boo. Nice job, kid. But in front of the, the the media, you say, "Hey, great win." Brady Cook, gritty, tough, threw the ball downfield. Harrison Mervis, how about his huevos rancheros kicking a sixty-one yard? Luther Bird, my defense, like keep it positive. I understand you want to, you know, throw shade to the fans a little bit. Maybe you do that Tuesday. Couple but, of interesting texts, by the way. Yeah, one is asking. I don't know the answer to this. I had heard it might have been the student section that was booing. So that's his own peers. That's lame. I, I think it's lame too. You have the, the right other, to do it, but you're, it's lame. These kids part, are making millions of dollars. Though. The other one, some of them. No, they're it's not. Lame. The other one is only a couple of these kids some are. Them are. But you know what I'm saying, though. Burden. The other thing For is, sure. are they booing the play calling, or are they booing the kid? See that. Uh, that is a good question to me because I've been critical. I've been critical of the play calling. I've been critical of the offense, specifically the passing game. I actually said on Friday that Mizzou, I think this game is close, and Kansas State pulls away in the fourth quarter. I thought because you don't have any sort of element of of, of throwing the ball vertically that it's going to cost you. That Mizzou shoved it, shoved it up my you-know-what. Great. It was good to see. But if you're, if you're critical of... The play calling, I'm okay with that. Now, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, obviously I'm a we don't, man. We, I'm a man. I'm, I'm 40. 40. We don't have the context of the boo, but uh, that would at least show that you're not short-sighted. Like, oh, it's Brady Cook's fault. No, it's not. He's calling, he's he's throwing sideways because his offense coordinator is telling him to throw sideways. So That's Marcy, not his fault. You're saying because Luther Burden is making, I don't know what he's making, maybe seven figures, but he, he deserves to get booed if he has a bad game because he's making money? Well, I'm not. I'm He's not. I'm not really saying Luther Burden, but you mentioned Georgia, for instance. You know, play, like teams like that where they have guys that are on NIL deals. Plus, these these fans have expectations. They're booing because they have expectations. People booed at the at Bush Stadium this year because there were expectations put in place based off of what the coaching staff is telling us. Well, you know, our guys. You know, we got a good group in here. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then you go out and you don't do it. Like a lot of people are investing their time in going to this game. Maybe they're not booing the players directly, but they're booing the product that they're seeing. Kind of that's what we're saying. And and the face of that product, though, is the head coach. For sure. So I'm okay with if you're going to go after the head coach, but it, you can't go to everybody that's booing and go, hey, by the way, who are you booing? Are you, ba- are you booing <laughs> right. Brady Cook? Now, are you booing the burden? Yeah. Is it the drink? What do you got? Yeah, if they go, all right, starting quarterback Brady Cook, and he runs out on the field and everyone starts booing, that's Bush League. That's stupid. Like yeah. you should not do that. If he throws an interception, you know, you could maybe we get some groans. If it's four or you know, if it's third and fifteen and you dump the ball off three yards, you know, Kirk Cousins styles, yeah, you probably should boo because it's a terrible it's either a terrible play call or it's a terrible read. By the way, New England, how about a quarterback sneak when you need two inches? I'd boo <laughs> over that. Can we do that? Last night, watching the Sunday night game? Stupid-ass New England. Come on, man. I flipped, Run the ball. Dan, I flipped my pick. I screwed my team this week. I did mm. not flip my pick, and I'm not happy about it either. Uh, I was told to flip my pick to Tua, who's covered four now five times against... Against Bill. Bill Belichick. You know, I read a statistic... Not that I was throwing down anything. He was... Uh, 
Tua's like 5-0 and now against Bill Belichick. I, I read a statistic before yesterday's game that he had thrown for like less than 250 yards in all of those wins. Wow. I forgot. I don't know what he threw for last night. I, I, I How fast is Miami, by the way? Holy smokes. Wow. You know, they were my pick for AFC East. That's a good pick. I had the Dolphins. But I'm yesterday, now over there. Dan, I'm sitting there. I'm thinking, I don't know. I think Bill... I think Bill's got something up his sleeve That's tonight. What I thought. Can't go to 0-2. I flipped my pick. The other team The other team I flipped on, I had the Falcons all last week. Right, Marsh? So Falcons going to win this game. Ten minutes before the game, I flipped to the Packers. I'm like, I'm a Falcon fan. This is going to be dis- – talk about expectations. I expect this team to lose. I think I, it's I interesting. I gave up two picks. Some people, by the way, i got to go back to the booing thing. Yeah. Some people are saying you can't boo kids, and other people are saying don't coddle kids. So I, you know, I knew I was going to be yeah. when I brought it up. I, I'm I'm on the fence with it. But is coddling, is 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 booing a, a way to like not coddle a kid? I don't view. I, to me, that doesn't. No, coaches should not coddle kids. That, that I fans, agree with. Like Dion, he's like, hey, if you don't want to play for this team, go to the transfer portal. Right. He's telling the truth. He only did it 87 times. Yeah. Damn right he did. Now he's 3-0. and What a win on Saturday. We'll get to Dion at some point. I'm sure we will. All right. Uh, so would you have booed as a, in no. a student section? I don't you, boo. You don't boo at all? I don't boo. I'll turn to my buddy and go, what the are we doing right now? Or what the is he doing right now? I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm just not going to boo. Hustle, you don't boo the boo. other team? I'm not going to boo. boo. Yeah, get off the field. If you can't hustle, get off the field. Now maybe it's just semantics, but if somebody's not hustling, I, I you know, it depends. If I got a couple, I'll of, find people that want to hustle. If I'm I sound like, like a coach, if I'm five bud bud, you know, buds deep, uh, you know, maybe I'm saying <laughs> run that out, you right. know. But I'm not booing. I, I don't know if I've ever booed seriously in my life, like boo, and and I'm really upset with. I think I've done it as yeah. you know, a guy hits a home run, boo, you know, whatever. Right. But I don't know, man. How does it sound? You look uncomfortable while doing it. That's I how like I it. feel. I, I just don't like it. I, I think if a guy's given effort and it just isn't right, yeah. then yeah, well, what am I going to do? He's given right. effort, but it's not there. I just think sometimes you have true freshmen, 18, 19-year-old kids that are out there that were playing on Friday nights this time last year, and mm-hmm. now they're playing in front of 60 to 70, 80,000, and right. you're going to get booed? Eh. Yeah. I'm on the outside on that. So. I'm with you. That's Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers. Jamie is throwing out the first pitch tonight out of the Cardinals and Brewers. Speaking of the Cardinals, let's dive into some of those storylines next on 101 ESPN. Boo! The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Before we get into some Cardinals quick hitters, we've got uh, some breaking news. news. Yeah, news regarding the Cardinals. Giovanni Gallegos has been sent to the 15-day IL with a ro- with rotator cuff inflammation that will end his season, according to Derek Is it 15 Derek or 10? Uh, it's 15-day IL, but the rotator cuff will put him on the put them out for the season so you got four games with milwaukee beginning tonight you got three with san diego you got three with cincinnati so adios yeah that's it it, you know you're just going to shut them down there's no reason to bring them back and dan if you're asking and i know you were wondering oh yeah what is the corresponding corresponding move move. jake woodford is back in the majors you know that makes some sense to me um and there probably were other options and this one makes some sense but with jason isringhausen now a part of the staff and in uniform his fingerprints are all over some of the the younger pitchers. This is one of them that's worked with Izzy a lot, a lot in the minor league. So get him back up here, see what you got. Maybe makes a few appearances, see where he's at. Izzy can say, "Hey, I'm noticing this," or "We need to get back on this." Those kind of moves would make some sense to me with just a handful of games remaining. Not a lot of time, but even the time that is not in a game between the white lines. Izzy can get with a Woodford or some of these younger guys and and just kind of say, hey, here's a refresher. This yeah. is what I'm seeing at this level. We need to get back to what you were doing here. Those kind of things can be impactful going into an offseason. So well, it makes some sense. Yeah, that's a great point, Dan. Love Izzy. He's one of oh, my favorite human beings. He is so good that he went back to school, so to speak, baseball school, to learn more about analytics and sabermetrics a handful of years ago because he wanted to do the role that he's got, which is scouting, roving, that kind of thing. Now, that role may develop into being more of a a pitching coach or a hands-on guy that's been there before, which I think is great. I think you can have a little bit of the analytics, and I think you got to have a lot of the guys that have been there before. I, I, I think they both can work together and work well if you have the right personnel among the coaches. That's the key. I mean, the coach has got to get together and say, okay, what are you seeing? Here's what I'm seeing. Okay, here's what the numbers bear out. All right, what's our game plan as a collective unit together to go to our pitcher, to go to our hitter, uh, to do something in the game? What are you thinking? This is what I'm thinking. But the the face of it has to be together in, in to me and into uh, convincing the player because it all comes down to conviction. Mm-hmm. you got to have conviction behind the pitch. That if you have two guys that are telling you, this is what we see, go do it, then that helps. 
in a lot of ways instead of just one voice. I think a collective voice, but one that's presented in front of the player. Hopefully that makes yeah, some it sense. Does. Yeah, I, I think I think all teams need to have one kind of vision, right? Like one, this is how we're going to win games. So in this case, baseball, we're going to pitch this way. We're going to play defense this way. We're going to play, we're, we're you know, offensively, this is how it's going to look like. But within that, who do players who who which players can lean on which coaches? Yep. Because and I have a sounding board and Izzy is that guy. No doubt. I actually didn't mind the thought process behind having two hitting coaches a couple of years ago when they had Mark Budaska, Buddha, and Jeff Albert. The idea of some guys are more analytically driven. You can communicate with them from an analytical approach. Jeff Albert's got you covered. Or we thought. Buddha is more of a, I'll see it, I'll correct it on the fly. Guys responded to him a certain way. The idea of having a couple of different voices in the clubhouse, I thought was sound. Why it didn't work out, I don't know. Uh, it, it obviously wasn't working, and they, they decided to get rid of Buddha. But I kind of understand that that approach. That I think one of the issues there is that you had old school Buddha. New school, Jeff Albert, and, you know, might have rubbed some people the wrong way. Don't know that for a fact. That was just my guess from the outside looking in. And that's what I mean about having an analytics guy and then having a guy that's been in uniform and has been between the white lines and been in those tough spots. Having both point of views, but when we move forward, we're together, meaning the coaches. We're, we're a team presenting this idea to the player and having analytical numbers to back it up also an eye test also the human element all of that stuff going into it i think is important uh i'm a big fan of having former players in the dugout i i think it's important um and a guy like izzy is great for this because one he's a great people person you may not know that when you're watching him may not know that now i'm just telling you he is a great people great person dude. Two, he's been there before in the toughest, most pressurized situations you can ask a closer to be in or any player in that spot. I mean, he closed out a National League pennant. He was on the mound for the Cardinals in 04 when they won the National League pennant against Houston. Three, he's been through so many injuries. I think I was talking to him the other day. It's either he's up to like 17 or 18 surgeries that he's had. And some of those have been major to come back from. And what do we have in baseball all the time? Shoulder surgeries. Tommy John surgeries, hip problems, knee problems, guy's got a bad back. I mean, all of it falls under the Tyler O'Neill resume. But he can help him. <laughs> whatever. But he can. I'm kidding. But he can help those guys bounce back. You're not wrong. Pitchers for sure bounce back. And so he's been there before. Yeah. Have him, have him help these guys out. I think there's a, a real um, sense of this guy's been there, done that, that helps out no players doubt. of today. That's Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalzer, Danny Mack, filling in for Jamie Rivers. Jamie throwing out the first pitch tonight. So if you're heading down to Bush Stadium for Brewers and Cardinals, you will see that big donkey that we love named Jamie Rivers. NFL Pick'em Challenge Week 2. We're down by one because of me. I'll explain why. Talk a little, talk, some big takeaways from Week 2 in the NFL next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get ready to pick up. It's the Fast Lane Football Pick'em Challenge on 101 ESPN. Refreshed by Bud Light. Well, you sure know how to pick them.
It's a fast lane on 101 at ESPN. Dan McLaughlin on the trombone there. Jamie Riversoff <laughs> filling in. Uh, Dan, Dan is Sounds like in. something. You actually sound... <laughs> that part sounded a little bit like you're in the bathroom. The other... The other part of me, it looks yeah, so it solid. Like you're playing some good brass. Mm-hmm. You know, I did go to the uh, old Webster Jazz and Blues Festival this this past weekend, and I, I heard Dan playing the tuba. Really? Yeah. yeah. Tell me about it. You, <laughs> well, from what? No from, kidding. From what Marsh said, he told me he said I couldn't believe how good that tuba sounded. Yeah. No and kidding. then I looked over. And it was Danny Mac. Thanks, Marshy. You're yeah. welcome. Appreciate that, buddy. All right, it's a fast lane. Uh, Dan, as you know, we battle those fools from the Rizzuto show every single week in the NFL Pick'em Challenge. You know what? It's like, I got to interrupt here again. It's kind of like athletes wanted to be musicians. Musicians want to be athletes. Mm-hmm. The Rizzuto show, they want to do sports, and you guys want to do entertainment. That's right. That's what this is all about. We blended together. You sure did. Yep. So now we're uh, we're mortal enemies. Mortal enemies, huh? You guys even talk walking down the hallways at all? Well, you saw Rafe came oh, in yeah, trying to come yeah. into these studios yeah, earlier. He's trying to ruin our show. I said, I said, said no. I said, nope. Out. Rafe's a good guy. Get don't out tell, of here. Don't tell, I like I Rafe. Don't, don't tell him anything. Just you and I talking right now. Yep. So we're up one nothing over mm. the Rizzuto show after winning last week. We were up yesterday, but we are now down by a point with the two games to go tonight. We are down by a point because of me. I blew it. You switched at the end, right? I switched two games with about 10 minutes before kickoff. Your One beloved of them, Falcons. I said the fa- I mm. love the Falcons. I said it all last week. They're going to beat the Packers. I feel good about this. I think they're going to run the ball effectively. They did ish. But I'm like have to, you know 10 minutes before kickoff Dan I said the Falcons are my team and they always let me down they're going to stab me in the back again. Kind of so, like the Super Bowl a few years ago. Well, we have we to bring to, that up you know, or what? I think everybody knows what happened at that Super Bowl Dan but I appreciate you highlighting no that. No problem buddy. So I said screw it. I'm going to take the Packers and for 3 quarters boy I was right and justified doing so. Then the Falcons said we're going to reverse Falcon. We're going to win this game. And they did. And they did. A couple of field goals later yep. they win that thing. Mm. So I blew it there. For whatever reason, last night, even though I have the Dolphins winning the AFC East, I've been all Miami Dolphined up over the last couple of weeks. I decided to flip that pick because I thought Belichick would cheat somehow, some way. Belichick, and he didn't. By the way, you have to give him credit for what they did on special teams. That was, was that awesome? awesome. That was man, that oh, was man. awesome. So they basically had a guy that's standing maybe a yard or two from the sideline, and you you know you're, you're as a player, I would assume you're not like going okay, I'm counting on defense counting all the guys now right. on offense special teams you will defense not so much you've got your job you've got your gap you got your whatever you're going to do this guy's just standing on the sideline close to it and he comes yeah. flying in and blocks it with no problem that untouched a, that was awesome it was i mean it's ingenious man uh, at first i was like <laughs> what are they doing <laughs> where did this guy come yes. from boy that was lucky he got he just got on the field no that was all by design because they tried it again later mm-hmm. and sand they didn't block it but sanders missed I think that was the one he missed. He it was, did, yeah. yeah, to set set the Patriots but up. He, he tried to do the same thing, and you're thinking, I'm sure if you're the kicker, it's like in the corner of my eye, this yeah. guy's coming flying in, yeah. and maybe I rush it. Right. They, they mentioned that on the broadcast. Oh, did too. they? They did that. I was listening on the radio. Said, okay. Yeah, that he. How about that? He probably listening thought on that, 101 ESPN. Yeah, absolutely. Are. But uh, he probably thought the guy was going to 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 block it again, and yeah. so just that one split second of indecisiveness. And he ended up missing it. Well, 
and the Patriots missed the game mm. again. Mm. What a great play, though, at the end by the tight end to flip it. Yeah, offensive Henry. lineman is right or there. Mike Mike yeah, no yeah, one talked Formidable. about, by the way. The great catch that the offensive lineman makes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he had to go up two hands. Yeah. You know, elevate a little bit, gets it, puts it, you know, the he then he he gathers himself and then has a chance at the first down and he's like two inches away. I thought first blush, I thought he made it. I did too. When he when he fell, I go, he made that for sure. And for some of you, not me. I mean, I I would never do this. I mean, I'm thinking, please have the first down. <laughs> give me an, give me another give the Patriots another shot. Give me a shot to get within one and a half. Yeah. That's all I'm asking. I'm not asking all that much. Dan was hoping for a touchdown oh. and a missed extra point or go for two. You betcha. Yeah. I hear I you. I did okay yesterday. Uh, was fine. Well, there you go. Good man. Yeah. The So we're down one, and it's my fault. So if we lose this week, it's going to be my fault. It's Understood. all on me. You know what, yep. Anthony? Maybe one of us could have gotten a different pick instead of you switching. You know, you, you know, got to think about it like that. Thanks, Marsh. I you appreciate know? that. Is it? It's you a take team. a lot of trouble, Marsh. You take a lot of the blame on things. You don't need to do that, buddy. Oh, I'm not blaming myself. I'm, I'm just saying you're not. You know. I'm blaming me, but Marsh no, is uh, introducing a team. It's a team. Concept, it's a team yeah. game. No, it's you win not. And yeah. loses a team. No, it's not. He screwed it up, and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I screwed it up, and now I'm looking for a 61-yard field goal. And you know what? Love giving you trouble, Anthony. <laughs> Anthony, you're going to drill it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you mean the two picks tonight. Yeah. But if not, My goodness. Dan, yes. biggest takeaway from week two for you. Uh, I got two things. One hasn't even happened, which is two Monday night football games simultaneously tonight. I think that's going like to be it. fun. I know some people probably don't like it. They want the singular yes, game. I don't like ridiculous. it. Uh, so that's number one. And number two, the ridiculous comeback from the Giants. They open up the season, 90 minutes of scoreless football, and then they come back and win. I, that that was impressive to be able to do that. Their first points. 24 unanswered points. Of the season came early through third quarter yeah. after Daniel Jones hit the rookie Jalen Hyatt on a long pass yeah. to open up the uh, third quarter. That's correct. And then they, they scored. But then how about Arizona, who doesn't know it's not the, – the Cardinals don't they, – they clearly don't know they're supposed to be bad. Fought like hell to almost beat Washington last week. Jump out to a 27 – actually 20 nothing halftime lead, then 28-7 to because they – Arizona came right back down. They the Giants scored. Arizona went right down the field. Joshua Dobbs runs it in the end zone. They get the two point conversion, make it twenty eight to seven. You're like, wow, no chance. And I thought Daniel Jones, for all the criticism that he has endured in his career, Dan, I thought for two quarters, Daniel Jones looked like a quarterback with nothing to lose. Yeah, they looked apart. They did. And maybe it's something that you build on where you're more comfortable, kind of like Mac Jones, I thought, last night when they went up-tempo. Yeah. just I I just think some QBs get in a rhythm doing that. I think a lot of quarterbacks. You know who I think get in the rhythm? It's the QBs that are robotic. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, like Mac Jones is a robotic quarterback. And I, I I used to think this of Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, so cerebral knows, okay, this is where my guys are supposed to be. All the checkdowns. All the checkdowns. This is what the defense, but almost to a fault. So if any little slight thing the defense does differently, turnover, he holds on to the ball. So he's, when when they got him in the no huddle, he, he got into a rhythm. And I thought Mac Jones is like that. And Daniel Jones, while not necessarily a robotic quarterback, when they went up Temple, I thought he was kind of like, screw it. Yeah. I'm going to leave it all on the to field. Lose. I'm going to run. 
He threw passes into tight windows. I thought that was the best half, and it was against Arizona, but I thought it was the best half of football I've seen out of Deion Jones in a while. I have a um, a personal thing that took place this weekend with, you're asking me what, what stood out? Yeah. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in, baby. And I'm talking about the NFL. Ah, uh, I thought you were about a specific team, but you're just mm. in the league. I had to go Godfather on you. Yeah, Every you time did. I'm out, they pull me they, back they in. They pull me back in. I, you know, you look at the Broncos, twenty-one to three lead over the Commodores, and then they have the fifty yards. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, they, <laughs> the Commodores. Boy, well, that would have been if if they lost to the Commodores. Let me last tell you, night. Lionel Richie can cover some ground. Uh, the Commanders. I still got to get it down. I so maybe it, I was messed up. But they, that game stood out to me. Yeah. Um, what Dallas did, and the defensive player of the year is on their side of the football. Man, he is wow. aw- Parsons is awesome. He's fun to watch. That defense. The, the defense is good. I I just legit. like watching Dallas at home. Yeah. Um, as much as I have disdain for the NFL and what happened here. And it's yeah. long gone now. I It's just great theater, man, on yeah. a Sunday afternoon and probably again tonight with two games. I think there's an hour difference maybe between there one is. kickoff and yeah. the other. So we have the pregame for Panthers and Saints tonight at 6 o'clock. It's a 6.15 kickoff. Brown Steelers kickoff at 7.15. And I think both games are going to be tight. Monday Night Football last week had 22.6 million viewers, highest ever for Monday Night Football. The Aaron Rodgers effect. People just can't get enough of it, man. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm in the same boat as much as I want to turn away and be upset about it, which I am. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Well, you could be both. But the product is ridiculously good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. By the way, speaking of the Rams, did you see all the 49er fans again? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they traveled, and it's probably 75% 49er fans at least. Dan, at one point... I would I, say more. At, at one point, and I swear... I wouldn't have even said this had you not brought it up, but at one point when I was watching those games yesterday, I I thought I'm like you thought the Niners were I at home. I thought they're at home. Yeah. I for, I mean, wait a minute. I go, no, they're they're in L.A. Yeah. Because of you know the 49ers score a touchdown or whatever, and you heard heard the crowd roar. All right. Speaking of storylines, I mean, there's a lot I'm of storylines. We'll get to the NFL storylines throughout the course of the show. We still got three hours. Dan Dan McLaughlin, Anthony Stalter, but we got to get to a lineup game next. I'm 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers, who's throwing off the first pitch tonight at Bush Stadium. And speaking of which, the Cardinals host the Brewers. Time to play the lineup game on 101 ESPN. Dan, you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. They're facing what? Freddie uh, Peralta? Freddie Peralta. We got Wayno going for 200 tonight. That's right. Freddie Peralta, of course, a right-hander for our purposes of the lineup game. Uh, for those that missed it, not that this will impact the lineup, but for those that missed it, Giovanni Gallegos was placed on the 15-day IL today with rotator cl- cuff inflammation. Jake Woodford was recalled. So Jake Woodford up. Gio, his season is now over because there's only 10 games remaining. So that'll do it for, the, for that. Uh, Lars Newpar leading off. Dan? Absolutely. Show us Lars Newpar, please. 
I'm grinding. I'm grinding. That might be the best one. They're all good, but that might be the I best think one. that is the, my favorite. These all crack me up. <laughs> uh, you want to hear gold? Yeah, got to be goldy. Show us, Paul Goldschmidt. Gold! Rich with gold! Gold! By the way, now, Goldschmidt, looking this up, eight seasons of 25 or more home runs, 75 or more driven in. Four with Arizona, four with the Cardinals now. Model of consistency. Yeah, he really has. Andy Mixon, gold gloves, MVP. Pretty darn good deal. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty darn good deal. So, speaking of consistency, Alec Burleson has been, has been pretty consistent in terms of being the, the three-hole hitter against right-handers. Yep, and I'm going with him as... Now, the question will be, where... So you're going to put uh, Palacios in this lineup, I would imagine. Yeah, we've seen him five. We've seen him six. So DH with Burleson? Yes. Okay. So show us Alec Burleson, please. Some lefty-on-lefty magic from a guy like Nolan Gorman who's hitting near you in the lineup. What? (laughs) Alec Burleson says, I'm not even going to play around here. No. No. So he's got to be your DH. Yes. All right, now we go with Nolan Arenado. Yep. Show us. Nolan Arenado. Nolan is a security guard at the Lumberyard. 100 plate appearances. He has not hit a home run. Long stretch. He's been 0 for Gopher for that long? So he's got 13 games left to hit four home runs. 13 games left, right? No. I thought you counted them off earlier. It was like 10. Uh, I was looking at uh, who have I forgotten here? I forgot somebody. Whatever. So he's got uh, four home runs, eight RBIs, shy of another 3,100. Marsh, did you count 10, too? 10 games left in the year? Yeah. Well, I know Wayno has three starts remaining. Yeah, it's more than 10. So it's got to be a, at least 15. Look, it's been a long year, guys, and I stopped caring a while ago. I'll just be honest with everybody, okay? So let's get this number correct for the people. So I, I messed it up because I said four with Milwaukee. There's actually seven left with Milwaukee. Oh, four. Yes, you're right. So, so the opponents seven. are Milwaukee, San Diego, Cincinnati. Ah, but you okay. got four here and then three at Milwaukee. So that's seven. Three against San Diego makes it 10. Three against Cincinnati, that makes it 13. There's there 13, 13 games, games left. Okay, so there you go. 13. We uh, we apologize. Yeah. Okay, so Newt, Goldie, Burleson, and Arenado. We got that correct us four. I think this is Big Willie style. Yep, Wilson Contreras. Show me Wilson Contreras, please. This one goes out to all the Big Willies. Wilson, are you naked? No, Tim, I'm wearing a hat. Which qualifies as not being naked. Post-All-Star break, by the way. I always like to sprinkle in little things here. I like these statistics, these little Uh, nuggets. 44 games hitting 313, but the OPS is at 953 for Wilson Contreras here in the second half. Swung the bat well. He's been worth it. That was a good signing. Now, I know that they didn't realize he's uh, not a catcher, I guess, according to them. But yeah, how would you view this if he was strictly just, you said, he's the DH. I'm bringing him uh, in to DH, occasionally catch, so he's your backup catcher, but we can... The problem is you want to be able to play him at other spots if right. he's going to be your DH. Yeah. Not just, you know, back into a catcher's position. It can't be 80-something million dollars for just a probably DH. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah, but it's been good. Yeah. Been a good hitter. Okay, so this could be Jordan Walker. This could be Richie Palacios. I think it's one of those two guys. But you have to have Richie Palacios in the lineup because he's your best hitter known to man. I'm going uh, Walker. I'm going to move him up. Let's do it. I'm with you. Swinging the bat well. Let's ride it. Go ahead, Dan. 
Oh, uh, Jordan Walker, please. You are so wrong. Watch yourself, Janet. Watch it. She'll turn on you. She did. She loves you, but she'll turn on you. You know what? She did that very quickly. Yeah. Janet, I don't like that. Even though I like you, I just didn't like that. You know, I'm still pushing for the (laughs) t-shirt. Janet's big picture and Janet's top ten, like a letterman. Boo! (laughs) You booed me. You can't boo. We talked about this. Boo! Oh, no. All right. uh, So this is Richie Palacios, then. He's uh, in yeah. this lineup. Oh, Palacios for sure. All right, show us Richie Palacios. Richie, do I have a mark on my face? It really hurts. Nope, nothing. I thought I hit you on the shoulder. My shoulder doesn't hurt very much, but my face does. What's your name, Helen? So Palacios has four home runs, three of which have come when Adam Wainwright is on the mound in his really? starts. Yeah, three of the four is when Waino's going. So that you might want to think about that when you're doing your what? Pick the click? No, we got that coming up. Uh, What's well, the home run derby? I don't know if he's going to hit a home run, but three of the four have been hit when Wayno is on the bump. That's a that's a good little nugget there, yeah. man. Yeah, just throwing it out there. This I think is Jordan Walker. Got to be Walker. Let's walk it like it's hot. Walk it like it's hot. Walk it like it's hot. And the last two should be easy. Should be Tommy Edmond, and it should be Mason Wynn. Because you need a second baseman, yeah. I'm assuming. And You're you right. Need a shortstop, I'm assuming. Okay, so Tommy Boy is at second base. I need at, uh, you, uh, Tommy uh, Boy. He's at uh, uh, second base. John Miller just stopped by. Uh, show me Tommy Edmond. <laughs> Tommy likey. Tommy want wingy. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Now Mason win. Show us Mason win. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. That's a lineup. Run it, Marsh. Leading off in center field, Lars Taylor Tatsui Newtbar. Batting second, first baseman Paul Goldschmidt. Batting third, the DH, Alec Burleson. Your cleanup hitter, third baseman, Nolan Arnado. Batting fifth, the catcher, Wilson Contreras. Batting sixth in left field, Richie Palacios. Batting seventh in right field, Jordan Walker. Batting eighth, second baseman Tommy Edmond, and batting ninth, the shortstop Mason Wynn. I don't believe what I just saw. Home run. Mm-hmm. Just saw on the ESPN ticker that Michigan State has fired head coach Mel Tucker for cause. So Michigan, Michigan State, State is hurting right now. Washington went in and uh, oh. beat them 41-7 to and put up 713 yards of offense against Michigan State. As, as Jamie would say, Michigan State finished third on Saturday. <laughs> they got taken behind the woodshed. Over and wow. over yeah. and over again. I was watching that game until the end of the... Midway through the second quarter, I said, I don't need to watch any part of this game anymore because Washington Terrible. was I mean up and down the field they did whatever they want Washington's good they're oh good. yeah they're, they're real good they're gonna be uh one of the top five are they in the top five yet nope did it come out today they are right now they were eighth against Michigan State and they are another eighth now okay uh rankings come out Tuesday though right I thought some of them come out today Coaches poll maybe today or maybe. is that tomorrow? 
I'm, I'm trying to see where. No, it's out. The AP no, it's top out. 25 it's out. Yeah, is out. Okay, yeah, so they're they are out. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yep. So they All are right. eighth. Uh, Georgia one, Michigan two, Texas three, Florida State four, USC in the top five, Ohio State six, Penn State seven, Washington eight, Notre Dame, which did not cover against my Central Michigan Chippewas. I'm going to count that as a win for the chips. Um, on Saturday, 10 is Oregon. So Notre Dame's got a big one this weekend. Yes, they do. The Buckeyes. They look good, man. Sam Hartman, the, yeah. the uh, transfer from Wake Forest, has played very well. They're going to get, I think, either two or three kids back uh, starters, too, ready for this game. Notre I, Dame. I always like watching. When Notre Dame's good, it's good for college football. It is. It's great for college football. All right. Marsh, update us on those home run derby standings. Yeah, it's still 9 8 5 Three, Dan has three. Uh, no one got a home run on Friday, so no uh, no points. So Jamie has eight. Or I'm sorry, Jamie has nine. I have eight. Marsh has four. And Dan... Five. Five, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And Dan has three. And I think he's done that in three opportunities. Dan's been incredible. I've been just lucky. You know, it's Not just... one bit. You put in the hard work. You give 110%. You go deep into the corners. You grind. You get in front of the net. You... you <laughs> It's like Jamie's here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shot at ribs. No, it's it's not cliches. a shot. Cliches. It's great. I never hear cliches on your show. No. Four well, hours of hard-hitting sports talk. If it's hockey, Jamie's not going to give any sort of cliches. If it's me, I will give you a lot of hockey cliches. Hey, speaking of coaches getting uh, fired, Mike Babcock. Oh, he just resigned, huh? Oh, yeah, well, yeah. forced Resi- you, resignation. Our YouTube stream is still down, but I'm doing the air quotes. He resigned. So he was asking the players to show pictures on their phone. Yeah. I, help me out here, okay? And Marshy, you're younger than me, so maybe you can help me out. What would be the benefit of doing that? Like, what is he trying to look at? I, I don't quite understand it. Any, any ideas as to why you would do that? His, uh, I don't know. To see what kind of character you have. That's I mean, what, I, that I've was think, his thing. Okay, I, I've been thinking like this is flying way over my head, and I'm really missing the point on this. And no, you're you know, not. I, I don't understand why you would do that. It you're, just doesn't make any sense to me. You're not missing anything. Uh, all right, Dan, you're our guest. Who's your home run call tonight? Home run call will go with one Paul Goldschmidt. Goldie goes deep again. All right, uh, Marsh. Yeah, I'm going to take Palacios. I like Dan's little nugget that he had on Richie Rich, so he is my home run hitter tonight. And I like Dan's nugget on Nolan Arenado not having a home run in 100 ABs. Can I I actually change mine to Nolan Arenado? I have some nuggets on him, too. You're going to win this thing. He's got four ding-dong Johnsons against Peralta. Yeah, he's 9 for 22, four home runs, 10 runs batted in. And that's the most opposing... uh, by a batter against Peralta, the most he's given up against one guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, Nolan Arenado. I like Goldie, too, though. Goldie's got a couple of home runs. He's 8 for 21, a 381 average against him. So kind of like that. Um, you know, I think either one has got a shot. Marshy, you don't have a chance. <gasps> no, Marshy, wow. you do, because three of the four home runs that Palacios has hit has been when Wayno makes a start. And the last time I won was when Palacios hit the home run when Wayno started there against Baltimore. Go. So, Dan, I'll make you a deal. If, what you got, buddy? If Goldie hits a home run, I'll take Goldie. If Arnado hits the home run, I'll take Arnado. I know. Right? That's you a hell of a take, deal. And you could take the other guy. So, oh, I love that deal. Yeah, you'll get Arnado so if that Goldie means hits I the get home run. The, you get both Palacios guys. And then I get nope, the other nope. guy. You, you get Goldie and Arenado tonight, provided that one of them doesn't hit the first home run. 
Thanks a lot. You got it, buddy. It's really nice. It's, it's great fast, working with you. It's a fast night on 101 ESPN College Football Week 3 quick hitters. We talked about Mizzou, their big win. Is the SEC down overall? We, we, this, this is kind of becoming a theme. And it's one of the other conferences now, the best in football. And it's about to dissolve. That's next on, something? on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. College Football Week 3, we talked to the first couple of segments about Mizzou. Huge win. I'm still working on that play to Crow from saying that Mizzou uh, won't throw the ball forward mm. and that Kansas State was going to win a narrow one. Anthony, I'll help you out because mm. I also have to eat some Crow as well. I'll slide it over. I can share. <laughs> I'm happy to, though. I'm happy to eat the Crow today on Mizzou. I am. Big win. Good for them. Big, big win. Now, don't, you know, don't. Take a step back. I'm not even being facetious here. Don't take a step back and lose to Memphis and completely... You can't lose to Memphis this weekend. You <laughs> and can't. Me- and Memphis is kind of dangerous uh-huh. in this spot, right? Because Memphis is playing up. They're playing in the Dome. Rocking rocking crowd. Isaac Bruce will probably be there. He is going to be there. I talked to him. Did he? He's coming is- back. Did you? Is he? There we go. Memphis is 3-0. and They've beaten Bethune-Cookman. Not great. Mm. Arkansas State, one of the worst teams in college football. Navy is rebuilding, yeah, and they barely got by them. Navy gave them all they can handle in Memphis. Should um, be a close game. You better be if you're Mizzou. You better be five and zero going into LSU. Yes, Vanderbilt next week. I mean, come on. But one, let's let's. If you're legit, you got to win those games and win them, win them somewhat handily. Mm-hmm. Hey, how about the jump pass, the Tebow pass that Kansas State pulled off? Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Every once in a while, you'll see the old Tebow yeah. jump pass from a team, either either college or pro. Smart play. Mo- yeah, it it works. Moving on from Mizzou, All now, right. we, we do have a full segment dedicated to this at some point, but how about the comeback for Colorado on Saturday night? Now, they were a 24-point favorite. And I bring that up to say this: Colorado State, twenty-three and a half. If you want to be exact, I, I kick off. I don't know if anybody got in at twenty-three and a half, but <laughs> whatever. Either way, you weren't you weren't cashing that. No, because uh, Colorado State ha- had them beat. I thought Colorado State was a better team. Uh, cheap shots minus the penalties. Cheap shots all the way around. You could tell that Jay Norville and his coaching staff. Oh boy allowed that crap to go on in the first half. I some of, you know, look, if I thought they were physical and then it started to go to the cheap shot on on Travis Hunter and now Hunter's going to miss the next 3 weeks, that's crap. Colorado State played beyond the whistle, which was crap. They, had they deserved 17, to lose. 17 penalties for 187 yards. Brutal. And I hated the hit on Travis Hunter. I mean, I I love why I mean a two-way player and a, this day and, and age, great on both sides of the ball. Absolutely, too. and you've got NFL players that are pulling for him, and they're pulling for Dion. By the way, Dion was on first take college game day. Fox's big noon kickoff was there, and then there was a feature on him on sixty minutes last night. How much I'd love to hear or see a study of how much money he has brought in to Colorado in a very short amount of time. I remember. 
I was doing a lot of Mizzou football games probably 10, 15 years ago in the heyday of Chase Daniel and Macklin and all these guys and Chase Kaufman. And we had somebody from the academic side of the school come in. And they said, you can't imagine how much football has helped us by them getting to be relevant again, to get to number one at one point, to be playing every day on a Saturday or Saturday night and and have primetime football games because it exposes everything that our school is about. Our enrollment is exploding. We're putting up buildings because we have money coming in. Think about how, in a short amount of time, how much money Deion Sanders has brought into Colorado. I'm not just talking about on the football side, but I mean as a whole Mm. to bring kids and the excitement into that campus of whether you're a football player or not. It's incredible. And his players would all follow him. Oh, yeah. Most of them did from Jackson State. Yeah, uh, incredible, incredible comeback. Shadur Sanders was really getting roughed up. They They had him bottled up in the first half. There's, I read an article today about him that many believe he's a first-round pick. He's got the athleticism. He's got the arm strength. He's 6'2", so he's a little smaller than height-wise than you know what you typically want. You know, six four, six five. Sure. But Rogers, Aaron Rodgers is six two. Yeah. You know, uh, Shadur Sanders, is athleticism, the big real arm. Deal. Yeah. I don't know how many yards he had at halftime. I think it was below 100 though, and he finished with 348. Made you know made a, a couple of dime throws there in the fourth quarter to to give Colorado 98 a yard drive to get back in it. Yeah, because Colorado State had him pinned. They should have won that game. They should have won the game. And now for Colorado, it gets a lot tougher when you look at Oregon and some of the teams that they're going to play here in the next month. We're about to find out because I think, here's the other thing, I think Colorado State kind of laid out the blueprint for Oregon and USC and UCLA and Oregon State. But the Pac-12, best conference in football this year. It is. You can make that case. The SEC, by the way, the league opened up, Anthony, three and six against Power Fives. Three and six wow. this weekend alone. So that was the opening weekend. UNLV forty to thirty-seven over over Vanderbilt. Not a good team, but still SEC. Arkansas loses to BYU thirty-eight to thirty-one. Alabama not a great showing against South Florida. Georgia down at the half against South Carolina, another SEC team. But mm-hmm. hey, they're number one in the country. You're supposed to beat up on those teams. They're down they at the slept, half they, at home. I don't know whether to say, wow, that was impressive because they slept walk through the first half and then came out in the second half and won big. But uh, or just say, what what's George doing this year? Right. Maybe just not as talented as they once were. You know, I, I I've thought about this too. If you're a kid out there, and I would say. 90% of the kids that go to play Division One football have their dreams of the NFL. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, oh yeah. If you're a kid out there and you're watching all this stuff and the hype with Deion Sanders, what are their classes going to look like in two years, three years, four years? And if I'm a kid and if I'm of the ilk of playing at the top best levels of college football, I'm, I'm saying also to myself, who's going to get me to the NFL? Mm-hmm. Nick Saban, Deion Sanders... Kirby Dab- Smart, yeah, Kirby for sure. Dabo, Dabo maybe because he's got some a lot of big guys that have gone and played in the NFL. But, Harbaugh, but in that conversation now, in my opinion, it's Deion Sanders. He's in there too. Yeah, here's all century player, one of the best ever at his position, and he knows what it takes to get there. Oh yeah, son, I'll get you to the NFL. Yes, where do I sign? And he's and and I don't know him personally, but he does seem. He does seem authentic. Absolutely, I believe him. I believe him when he says, you know, like the the 
he was listening to I don't know a podcast or some reporter brought brought him the podcast about how you know Colorado's roster is not that good and this that and the other thing and Dion talked about how you didn't you didn't make me so you can't break me I fully believe he believes that you I, know? and he doesn't he's like do do I look like somebody that, that cares about somebody's opinion no you don't no <laughs> you, you carry yourself that way you really probably don't no you, you're you got a lot of bravado, bravado a lot of brash and yeah. you back it up uh, for any SEC honk too that took took you know, maybe um, umbrage with what I said about the Pac-12 being the best conference. So far, they have been. Yeah, and I'm not going to back down on that. The SEC does not have the quarterbacks this year. Spencer Rattler is one of the better quarterbacks. He's playing for South Carolina. And he's playing behind an offensive line that I think wants him dead. Probably the offensive line is terrible for South Carolina. You, you look. I mean, look at Alabama. Tennessee goes to Florida and just gets hammered this weekend. I mean, they got beat up. Florida looked awesome. Dead in the water against Utah. Awesome on Saturday. Yeah. The the SEC, and maybe it's more fair to say, look, the SEC is more wide open. That's I, I think that's you're right. I think that's the best way to put it because I'm I'm not counting out LSU either. No, and they do have a quarterback in Jalen Daniels. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know that that part. Okay. Uh, Ole Miss is. Hey, where would you throw Mizzou if this thing is wide open and they go five and zero oh, going into a home game against LSU, which you know will be in prime time more than likely. Yep. Uh, where do you where do you throw Mizzou? Have you seen enough, or did this weekend show you that you know what they got a shot? They can hang in there. I'm more intrigued, but I like the defense a lot. I and I had said that last week. I think the defense is fast. It's athletic. It's aggressive. I like their defense. I think they're going to stay in a lot of games because of the defense. What I had not seen is what we saw on Saturday. Brady Cook, his ability to push the ball forward. Stretch I'm, the field. And by the way, I'm not saying that's the end-all, be-all. I'm, You know, when people start start hearing say, look, you got to be a uh, baseball team. you got to hit a home runs. It's not all the offense. I know. I know. But if you don't hit the, if you don't hit the ball out of the yard, it's very difficult to go back. You know, base to base to base and win a lot. Of have to have that explosive that explosive play. Absolutely. Speaking of which, the last twelve games when the Cardinals hit one or more home runs, they're seven and zero. When there they didn't go. hit a home run, they're zero and five. It's it's a power driven league. I'm not saying death to the bunt or death to moving runners over. It's a complete. It needs to be a complete offense. But I am saying if you don't hit the ball out of the yard, if you don't connect play on, now. on pa- passes that are twenty five yards or more. We don't have to. We don't have to talk about you. You're irrelevant. Agreed. So and Brady Mizzou, Cook, credit for them. To credit his to credit, the shoulder issues. I think you can now put those to rest. And yep. the fact of the numbers I gave earlier in the first segment, stretching the field with 15 or more yards or 25 and more. I think he had six plays of that. Shows you they can go downfield. Yes, sir. And that's why they won. That's Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll do our around the horn Cardinal style next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Cardinals host the Brewers tonight. Jamie Rivers throwing out the first pitch. Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie right now. I mean, I bet he's nervous. He practiced. Okay, then he's going to be just fine. I saw him practice. He'll be fine. He'll be. That'll be fine. <laughs> That'll yes, be fine. That'll be fine. Uh, Andrew Marsh 
What do you got for around the horn? Yeah, Adam Wainwright going for win number 200 tonight. What have you guys seen differently from Wayne over his past uh, few starts? Obviously, he picked up a win in Baltimore. I thought he looked pretty good. I, I think if, if he can control his breaking ball and have a sharp breaking ball, this isn't like breaking news here. He's got a, a chance even throwing 86 to keep guys off balance. And if he's able to do that, he'll be fine. You know, 300 wins used to really be the benchmark of getting into the Hall of Fame. But pitching, obviously, is different, and 200 might be the benchmark now. There's only four active starters with over 200 wins. Four. Verlander, Grinke, Scherzer, and Kershaw. And what shocked me in doing a little research here, if Wayno wins tonight, he's only nine wins back of Clayton Kershaw. That's shocking. And he's a sure fire Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. The most wins after Wainwright, the next closest currently in baseball is Johnny Cueto with 144. Wow. I mean, the 200-game winner is somebody that maybe becomes uh, obsolete, especially with guys that are five and fly. Mm-hmm. You know, guys just don't stay in games. All of a sudden, tie ball game, no decision. Up in five you know, days later, he's pitching. I, I just... I don't know if enough emphasis has been... I'm not saying that Adam Wainwright's a Hall of Famer, but I do think when it's all said and done, there's going to be a harder look at his case when you start looking at things like this. Closing out a World Series, top five Cy Young votes, part of two World Series teams, 11 he was hurt, but still part of it. Um, and the fact that he was injured for a couple of full seasons. He's he's put together a nice resume. Again, I'm not saying he's in, but I think you will take a look at it. Would you agree? I think you take a look at it, but I, I also agree that I don't think he's he's in. I think he I, I don't think he was uh, has been one of the best pitchers of his era. I don't think you. I Derek Gould said this one time because I always struggled with the Hall of Fame stuff. Like Bernie, who writes for Scoops with Danny Mac, of course. To, Bernie, absolute legend. Uh, Congrats on going to the uh, Missouri yeah, Sports Hall I, of Fame. I saw the yeah, I saw that on social media. I Congrats to my text. buddy and my uh, broadcast partner on Sundays, Jay Delsing. Yes, he's headed to the Missouri Sports yeah, Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Jay's fantastic. But Bernie was always great with the Hall of Fame stuff. He, he always put numbers into context. Better he does better than anybody. But I always kind of struggled with that. And Derek Gould said, "Can I picture?" Can I tell the story of baseball in that generation without this player or with this? Uh, we, no, without this player. I don't know if I can necessarily do that with 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 Wayno. I, I don't. I don't think I get to this point where I say I can't tell the story of baseball over the last ten to fifteen years without Adam Wainwright. Certainly in St. Louis, yes. I mean that that's a no brainer. Um, but Hall of Fame, I don't think he. I don't think. He I think gets he's on there. the outside looking in. Yeah. I think if he would have had a monster season this year. It changes the narrative of how he finished, and we have recency bias, Mm -hmm. uh, even though you have to wait your turn to get into the Hall of Fame. Um, I think that would have, you know, helped his case. You know, this ending has been rough. There's no other way to put it. I was doing a little research on this, too. First complete shutout, complete game shutout of his career was against Milwaukee at Bush. First start after Tommy John against Milwaukee. The Achilles blowout game against Milwaukee hmm. and a chance to win number two hundred against, against Milwaukee. Milwaukee. I like that. Yeah. Never know. Marsh, you would ask, you know, what have you seen what have you seen recently? I think that if he does tonight what he did against Baltimore, he's got as a great shot of of winning two hundred. And what I mean by that is he kept Baltimore's hitters off balance. They couldn't square him yep. up. And I think that's when Wayno is at his best. When opposing hitters can can't can't square him up, they can't hit the ball hard. 
And it's a lot of foul balls or a lot of ground balls. And that's what that's what Wayno did. And then when they did square him up, they did hit him hard, he got out of it. He got that key double play, got a ground ball, did what he had to do, and he limited the damage. If he does that, he's got he's got a shot again tonight. If he's got the big hump and the breaking ball, that's the issue. If he's able to pinpoint his fastball and keep guys honest, yeah. you know, 86 to 88 can do that. You know, would he love to have 95 in his back pocket? Of course he would. Who wouldn't? But that's something to consider, just being able to pinpoint the fastball a little bit. Yeah. You know, he he had all of his pitches working. Too many times this year, I feel like he is in post-game comments saying, yep, you know, I had to eliminate that. I had to eliminate. I could not go with this. I could not go with that. Uh, My cutter wasn't with me tonight. When when you have to, when you're taking away yeah. your own pitch, and I get it, all pitchers have to do that. But with him, he's got to be pretty precise with everything. Yeah, because he doesn't rely on the fastball that much. You know, it's basically curveball, cutter, what slider. Yep. Um, but he had all of them working against Baltimore. So yep. if that's the case, if that Wayno shows up again tonight, give him he's got to be. It won't be. Ha- it won't be easy against Peralta, but he's got to be feeling pressure too. Yeah. Just to get this thing under his belt and then move on. No doubt. You know, he's got his big Wayno weekend coming up, too. Yeah. So, all right. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin, Anthony Stalter. There wasn't many quick hitters. That was like one. We'll get to more. Okay. Well, you know, Dan, when you're spilling as much knowledge as you are. Oh, boy. Not it, really. It's tough to it's tough to get through a bunch. I understand. Yeah, you get it. You're the best. <laughs> no, you're the best. Narrative or reality next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time to play narrative or reality. Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Marsh, what are our options? Mm. All right, gentlemen. Narrative or reality. The Angels have the most dysfunctional organization in Major League Baseball. That is a narrative. Because the Oakland slash Las Vegas A's still exist. I was just going to say that. The the A's would be the most dysfunctional at Mm -hmm. this point in trying to put out a product that is somewhat competitive in Major League Baseball. They're gutting it. They're moving. We get it. But uh, I'll tell you what. The Angels aren't far behind. You know, you've wasted the Trout years. You spent a ton on Pujols, who was good his first three years, four years. And then by the end of that contract, it got ugly until he got back to the fountain of youth known as St. Louis. It was incredible what he did last year. It was must-see TV, must-get tickets last year. But now with Otani and clearing out his clubhouse locker room, uh, his dressing stall, whatever it is, you know, everything's gone out of there. You're going to lose him. And I think the thing that you have to look at is that they went for it at the deadline And I applaud them for doing that because so many times we say, boy, you just wish a team would go for it. Well, they did, and it didn't work. And sometimes it's a a look at desperation when you do those kind of things. I understand it. Otani's coming up for free agency. You're going to make one more run with him. Some would applaud it. Others are saying, eh, not, not the right move. So You did not set yourself up at all for the future. And I, I would put them probably in a close not a close second but they'd be among my top two or three teams that i'd say have dysfunctional issues and what do you do with mike trout 
what do you do? You you try to trade him, but I don't even I don't think now's the right time. You almost have to have him have this resurgent first half next year and then deal him. I don't know. But I think teams would say the track record is far enough that if healthy, we know what we're getting. The question would be, are we getting a guy that is just going to break down all the time at his age? What are the trends when guys hit that age playing a demanding position of the outfield and center field primarily? Um, you do have the DH in both leagues, which, you know, get him off his feet sometimes. But I, but you're not paying him that kind of money to, to just hit. He's a, he's an everyday player playing on both sides. How, yeah, much, how much are you taking? Uh, Angels, how much are you taking that yeah. contract? Then we can talk. Yeah. If not, it's it's a non it's a non starter. Look at what the pot look at what the Nationals did. You know, they when they started selling off pieces, they got assets in return. Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore. I don't know what these guys or what that team's gonna be when it's all said and done. CJ Abrams. How about the dysfunction of the Strasbourg deal? The str- that wasn't great. Walk away. Nope. Can't walk away. Come on back. That wasn't great. But the Nationals at least kind of set themselves up with some young talent. Yep. The Angels did not. Good point. Uh, Next one, please, Marshy. Narrative or reality? The Chicago Bears' struggles are on Justin Fields and not the coaching staff. How about a little bit of both? Yeah. That is a narrative because, once again, I think we're putting too much on Justin Fields. Good and bad. I mean, did you see... one of his sacks that he took where he had like three wide receivers open. He can't see the field. He can't he wasn't asked to see the field at Ohio State. We we just assume that you know the 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 athletic traits will just transfer over and from a running standpoint it did. But when teams have bottled up Justin Fields, you see who he is. And I wasn't picking on him in the offseason. In fact, Marsh I kept saying we're overhyping him. The O line isn't good enough. The defense isn't good enough. The roster is not good enough. The coaching staff, I don't think, is good enough. Mm-mm. And what did people keep saying? He's going to be the MVP. He got DJ Moore. He's got a real number one receiver. Can he see the field? Chase Claypool, my man. He did score a touchdown <laughs> yesterday. I guess I'll give him that. <laughs> but good they, for him because he was a ghost in week one. He'll probably be a ghost next week. They get Kansas City coming up too. I mean, when you keep him in the pocket like Tampa did yesterday and say, hey, you're not, there's no way out. You cannot escape. Throw the ball to beat us. He can't. They've lost by a combined 28 points and interceptions on two of the last three drives for Chicago. Shaky Bakey and Jordan Love have outplayed Justin Fields. He has been hit 16 times already, sacked 10. The old line stinks. And he's attempting about four and a half yards per attempt. So going back to what we're talking about with Mizzou, you got to stretch the field a little bit. I feel bad for him. He does hang on to the ball, though. He does. Way too long. I think it's the second slowest next to Zach Wilson. Ouch. And why do you hang on to the ball? Because you can't see the field. Correct. And when I see C, I'm not saying like he can't see the field like Baker can't. Like Baker gets literally blocked by his old line sometimes. He can't read. I mean, he, he's not reading the defense. Hey, where's your buddy Matt Ryan? CBS. Yeah, he's in the booth. Well, time to get him out. <laughs> Dust it off, Matt. Come You're on gonna out. be a jet. You're gonna be a jet, baby. Yeah. It was tough watching Zach. Well, I mean, I, you feel for a kid that's his second overall pick. 
and Dallas has this defense that is just coming at. I mean, their ears are pinned back and they're coming at you, and he's got no shot. Trent Brown, Trent, Trent, Trent Brown. He's he's about done. Yeah, Lincoln Tomlinson. Is, I mean, holy smokes, that old line stinks too. Yep, it was tough to watch, man. He's got Garrett Wilson. I know. Yeah, but when you're looking out your ear hole, it doesn't matter who your receiver is. It was like he got it, and it was two seconds, and bam, Mike's getting hit. Uh, by the way, we got a Gridiron Guys podcast. Kerry Davis and I we just recorded our our takeaways from week two. Kerry brought up a great point too when he said, if you look at the statistics from yesterday, if you were to look at the Jets' statistics, knowing that in the first half they were still somewhat in it, and see that they gave Brees Hall four carries and Dalvin Cook, who fumbled. I don't care. I mean, dude, you want to bench Cook, no problem. But they gave Hall four carries, Michael Carter two, and Dalvin Cook four. What? Yeah. Ten carries between those three guys? This was before Again, this is before it got out of hand. It didn't get out of hand until the second half. That's nothing. You got to that's your guy. That's your guy. Nathaniel Without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I love the uh, cat with Kansas City. That dude runs so hard. Love Isaiah him. Pacheco. I love Pacheco. Yeah. He's that a good dude. Player. I love how he gets up immediately. Immediately after yeah. like three guys have just smoked him, he gets right up back no runs to the. Hu- I love it. Seventh round pick. Like you can't touch me. Mm-mm. I love it. Was he a Michigan State guy? Pacheco. Uh, he. Oh, you got me on that one. Uh, I was thinking. I don't think I'm right. Oh no, Rutgers. That's what it was. Played for uh, Greg Schiano. Did he? Yeah, I think he's a Rutgers he's a guy. Rutgers kid? He is. Wow, I would have never, I would have never got That's that. That's it. Yeah. Boy, if yeah, you can play, right. they'll he's find fun. you, man. Yes, they will. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they'll find you. And he's he's outperformed Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yes. Uh, both in durability and on the field production. Exactly. And Edwards-Alaire was part of that LSU team with Joe Burrow that won the national. They were title. really good. Holy God! <laughs> I mean, there were pros <laughs> everywhere on that field, bro. Burrow. Yeah. Uh, Who, by the way, has been awful Jamar here in two Chase. days. <laughs> and yeah. limped off the field again yesterday with his uh, calf, calf injury. Yeah, so that he's got another setback with the calf. They're 0-2. And um, speaking of injuries, I just saw it. Saquon Barkley, according to ESPN's mm. Adam Schefter, out three weeks with a bad ankle. Ouch. Not good. All right, Marsh, you got one more, kid? Yeah, last one real quick. Narrative or reality, this is the most disappointing start to an Alabama season in the Nick Saban era. I'd yeah, say save for maybe the first season, absolutely. But even then, though, the expectations while you brought in Saban, still, uh, unless you're just a crazed fan and you got Nick Saban and you're saying, well, we got to win right now. Yeah. We got Nick Saban. Where if you take the practical approach, which is let him get a couple recruiting classes in, let him get his system in, how he does things, yes. he's going to turn this thing around. Uh, I would agree. It's probably been the most disappointing season, disappointing start for them. I mean, Texas beat them up, and they barely get by South Florida. Or yeah. I say barely, but didn't play well. Oh, but maybe three, I think I think they had, it was like three to nothing in the first most of the first half. But we, I, the expectations with Alabama are so high. I mean, you expect them to go in there and win by thirty. Yes, you know that that that's part of the problem too. Is that the expectations are. You're supposed to blow out everybody until you get to right. Georgia, LSU, Florida, some of those SEC, yeah. you know, juggernauts. And I joked saying this will be the year that Alabama wins again because nobody's talking about them. But that's clearly not the case. They're going back to Milrow. 
Milrow was benched for the South Florida game. Yep, they're going back to that kid. And unfortunately, the backup came in, poor kid, threw for like 35 yards, and Saban said, you know what? We're done. We'll go back to Milrow. All right. Who, who would you rather play for, by the way, very quickly, Saban or Prime? Uh, Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. Saban, Saban is he's like Belichick. He's such a football holic that you know it'd be fun to just kind of pick his brain and learn so much about the game. Uh, Dion certainly knows the game, but Dion is such a motivator and such a like. I could, I could he, he cares about his kids. There's that, some players man, though. It'd be fun to play for. You know that some kids are like, you know what? I don't like the bravado and mm-hmm. the brash nature. I wouldn't. Where mind. if you do, you go Dion. Others are just more. I don't know what the word is. Workmanlike. I mean, I'm not saying that Colorado isn't workmanlike. You don't go three and zero without working your tail off. But mm-hmm. the bravado is different. Yeah. Clearly, with what Dion is doing with Colorado. I think workmanlike fun. is is fair. I think it's so much fun to watch, though, man. Oh boy, they're the they're the storyline in college football. I was glad that they won. Yep. All right, it's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We have a new Gauntlet contestant. We'll take on either Marsh or me next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Four oh three. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers today. Andrew Marsh here as well. And we have Chuck on the line to play the gauntlet. What's up, Chuck? Not much. How are you guys doing today? Doing great, man. How are you Thanks doing, for Chuck? joining us. Are you a gauntlet rookie? I am a rookie. Uh, never done this before, so I'm just hoping I get at least one correct and not embarrass myself completely. Oh, you won't do that. No, no, no not no, one no. bit, Chuck. Not no. one bit. Um, welcome aboard. Would you like to take on Andrew Marsh or me in your first gauntlet? Uh, you know... I think I'm going to go with Marshy here. Uh, I'm hoping that um, it's tough with either one of you because you guys do this professionally and get paid. I'm hoping <laughs> it's, it's uh, random. Maybe the Smurfs or something. Hmm. <laughs> I bet you it is random. I, I stink at random. So, All right. So, Chuck, go ahead and tell Marsh to spin the wheel. Marsh, spin that wheel. All right. Now, uh, Marsh, get the hell out of here. Chuck, I'm assuming that you want random. What, what do you not want? <laughs> something that marsh does not know so whatever category he's worst at mm. okay he's he's pretty good across the board i think I very know, good at random I he's think, pretty good at random i think random might be our all of our kind of weaknesses yeah because um, that, that would mean you have to have an education yeah we don't and so, well, we do <laughs> but we just didn't pay attention i was That's gonna say why you gotta retain the info and dan yeah they were out yep uh good news though chuck it did spin random, my friend. Oh my! So wow, you get to face Marsh hey, in Chuck, random. What do you do for a living? Uh, I'm a GM of a Marriott. All right, nice. Can you get Dan and I some uh, yeah, some rooms? How about that? A well, actually, I'm an alumni of Yachty. Dan and I are uh, alumni together. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you uh, what class? Ninety two. Uh, 89. I was right behind Trent. Okay, so Trent Green was uh, incredible. 
at Vianney yeah. High School and then went on to Indiana and then went on to a great NFL career and now uh, doing a, a hell of a job on television. Well, great to have you, man. And uh, well, go you. Griffins. Go Griffins. You got right. it. There you go. A couple of Vianney guys here in the fast lane. For instance, in random, we did have one teacher that said, you three guys go over there and make a square. So... <laughs> I can already tell you which, uh, when that is. We don't need to name the teacher. <laughs> you three go make a square. So that's why random might be a little tough for all of us. Ah, Yeah. Ah, Chuck will be fine, though. Okay. All right, Chuck, are you ready? Uh, as ready as I'll be. Uh, you did say Smurfs, but um, this is not a Smurf, but this is a cartoon. In okay. SpongeBob SquarePants, oh, yeah. what is the name of Plankton's wife? Hmm. <laughs> I love SpongeBob. Uh, let's see. Well, I don't have young kids that age, or that, with that age. I'll have to take the options. Kathy, Kendra, or Karen? I'm going to have to go with Karen on that one. All right. Final answer? Final answer. All right. Question two. Who was the first team to defeat St. Louis City SC this season? Who was the first team to defeat St. Louis City SC this season? Oh, I want to say it was one of the. It was, I'm going to say, I think it was one of the Dallas, the, the uh, Texas teams. I'll take the options: Colorado Rapids, Minnesota United FC, Real Salt Lake. Well, I wasn't even close. Um, can I have the options one more time? Sure, Colorado Rapids. Minnesota United FC, Real Salt Lake. Was that Real Salt Lake? Real. Colorado final answer. Okay. Colorado final answer for Chuck. Question three. Which country in South America has its capital in Bogota? Bogota. 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 Let's see. I don't believe. I'll go with Peru. Final answer? Final answer. Question four. The five Great Lakes are Lake Michigan, Lake Huron, Lake Erie, Lake Superior, and which other lake? Uh, I'll take the options, please. Lake Ontario, Lake Victoria, Lake Picola. Uh, I'll take Ontario, final answer. All righty. Ontario final answer. I'm writing them down as well. Option. All right. Okay, good. All Let's right. Bring back Marsh. Chuck, yeah. how are you feeling? Well, I like to make it easy on on Marshy here, so you know, I did my best to make it as easy as possible for him. All right. Well, which Marriott are you at, uh, Chuck? Uh, St. Charles. Okay. Good. You want me to go get uh, Marshy? He's coming. Here hey, we go. Hey, Marsh. Ma. Come on. <laughs> okay, apparently Marsh has got some news, too. Our executive uh, producer, Mike Ryder, oh, saying, wow. saying in my ear, Dan, that uh, Marsh has got some news. You want to do the news first? Is you it, want to, give, huh? me the, give me that news, Marsh. I got so many people talking to me right yeah, now. Yeah, that's right. Well, hey. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Rutherford, he tweeted out not too long ago that the Blues are set to announce the 24th captain in team history tomorrow at 11.30. And apparently we will be streaming, or not streaming it, but we'll be carrying that live. Okay, so that's the news. Okay, that so they're the going to announce the uh, captain tomorrow. Beautiful. 
And good luck to Braden Shen. Yeah. That's if, my guess. If he uh, if he's chosen, which I think he'll I'm go. I'm sure he should. That's, will. that's the guy I think. But I could be wrong. I mean, find out tomorrow right here on 101 ESPN. At 1130. At 1130. That's right. Now, back to your regular scheduled programming. <laughs> random trivia. It is random, Marsh. That's your category. How do oh, you feel lovely. about that? Uh, We're fine. All right. Well, you better pack a lunch. Question number one, Marsh. In SpongeBob SquarePants, mm. what is the name of Plankton's wife? That would be Karen, his computer wife. Uh, final oh. answer. Okay. Okay. Got a SpongeBob SquarePants fan here. Yeah. You still watching SpongeBob? Bar? I don't watch SpongeBob, that? but I use SpongeBob uh, every day in my life. Quotes. Um, I reference SpongeBob in almost everything I do. I so. met the voice wow. of Patrick. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that guy that comes yeah. in, SpongeBob. That guy. You probably I've never seen him. You probably watch with your little kids some SpongeBob. Yes. No. Uh, mm. So no, we watch uh, Teletubbies. Bluey. Okay, we watch Bluey on Disney. We watch uh, all the movies. All right. I mean, all of them. Question two. Who was the uh, first team to defeat St. Louis City SC this season? Marshy, who was the first team to defeat St. Louis City SC this season? Uh Wow. Was it... Nah, I'm going to need the options. Colorado Rapids, Minnesota United FC, Real Salt Lake. Let's go Minnesota. Final answer? Final answer. All right. Question three. Which country in South America has its capital in Bogota? Uh, no idea. So let's go with the options. Venezuela, Colombia, Bolivia. Bogota? Bolivia. That just kind of kind of just rolls right off the tongue, you know? I'm going to go with that one. Bolivia, final answer. Okay. Okay, and the uh, fourth question, the five great lakes are Lake Michigan, Lake Huron, Lake Erie, Lake Superior, and which other lake? And so we have Lake Lake Superior, Lake Huron, Lake Erie, Lake, lake Michigan. And did we say Lake Superior? Uh, Dan did in the, the first time, nice. not the second time. Correct. Lake yeah. Superior, Lake Erie, Lake Huron, Lake Michigan. Um, Lake of the Ozarks. I don't know why I can't. I don't know. I'm not. Well, it's you not can, coming to mind. So you can ask use, for the options. Yeah, let's use the options. Lake Ontario, Lake ah, Victoria. Good. Lake Ontario, your final answer? No, just read the other ones just in case. Lake Picola. Yeah, it's Lake Ontario. All right. Final answer. Okay. All right. Let's go over these. Chuck versus Marsh today in the gauntlet. Question number one. Actually, Dan, we're going to go with question number four. Question four. The five Great Lakes are Lake Michigan, Huron, Erie, Superior, and you both went with the options and both got it correct with Lake Ontario. So we have a 1-1 tie between Chuck and Marsh. Question number three. Which country in South America has its capital in Bogota? Chuck no options. You went with Peru, which unfortunately, my man, was not an option. That's okay. You you you, you swung at it. You swung at the first pitch. Marsh, you did take the options. You went with Bolivia. Correct answer is the question. Uh, the uh, answer is Colombia. There you go, Colombia. So we still have a one-one tie between Chuck and Marsh in SpongeBob SquarePants. What is the name of Plankton's wife? Chuck, you went with Karen. Marsh, you went with Karen. 
Correct answer is... Karen. But... He used the options. And Marsh, Marsh did, not. did not. That's correct. So Marsh has got a one-point lead over Chuck. Last question. Who is the first team to defeat St. Louis City this season? Chuck, with the options, you went with the Colorado Rapids. Marsh, with the options, you went with the Minnesota United FC. This is how it works. If it's Colorado Rapids, Chuck ties Marsh and we head to a walk-off. If it's Minnesota United FC or Real Salt Lake, Marsh is going to win today. Dan, what's that answer? The answer would be Lake on no Minnesota <laughs> United FC. Chuck, you have chosen poorly. You lose Not today. <laughs> Marsh got you four to mm. two today, mm. Chuck. I uh, I'm sorry, but thank you for listening. Thanks for playing. Yeah, I scored a couple. Marshy, nice job. Man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. I, I I give all the credit to SpongeBob. I'm glad I watched it growing up. <laughs> yeah, Chuck, well, you. Thanks. Your goal, your goal, Chuck, was to get at least one right. You got two right, my man. Hey, I accomplished my mission today. There you go. Good stuff. And you got a chance to talk to fellow Viani grad, yeah. Dan right. McLaughlin. Hey, Chuck. Hang in there. Well, You're going to be just I fine. Okay, All right, buddy. Guys, thank you. Thank, All right, you. thank you. See you, Chuck. There you All go. Right. It's Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. And uh, it stands. It stands. Marsh wins, and he beats the, the nicest people in the I world. I know, I know. Jamie beat someone nice the other day, too, though. You know, honestly, we usually get just nice people that yeah. call in. There really yeah. has not yeah, been. Chuck was very nice. Chuck was very, very nice, nice very pleasant. It would very have been well ni- educated. You know, Dan, it would have been nice to talk to him tomorrow. <laughs> you know, It sure would have been. But here's Marsh just bulldozing his way to a championship. Exactly. Yeah. Nice, nice work, Marsh. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate it, Dan. On the way out, I, before we even started, said, I, I don't feel too good about random. And I heard Dan actually say he does pretty good at random, and that kind of gave me a jolt of energy. Oh, oh good. wow. I'm glad I could help. So Marsh was on PEDs today. Well. You watch yourself. Well, I'm just saying. The, yeah, you got a jolt there. It's the cream in the in the clear. Yep. <laughs> Flaxseed. You're taking them rubbing that on your arm or your uh, knee. What do you yeah, got? Just everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere <laughs> you can reach. It's getting a little colder out. You know, yeah, it's like 75. My sure, joints sure. starting to hurt a little bit. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. All right, uh, Cardinals. More Around the Horn questions next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Time to go around the horn again. Cardinal-related questions via our guy, Andrew Marsh. What do you got, Marshy? Yeah, guys, last time we talked about Adam Wainwright going for win number 200. Yesterday, Jordan Walker with a huge home run in the eighth inning, made it a 6-5 game, and the Cardinals ended up winning the game. You know, other than, like, Jordan Walker and Adam Wainwright, Dan, you kind of posed this in the... 
in the uh, the office earlier, but what are you what are you looking for forward to for for the rest of the year? There's only a few weeks left to go. Like, what are we looking towards, or are we just looking towards 2024? And we're ready for this year to be over with. I think the obvious one is Wayno trying to get to 200. That final weekend, a celebration of his career, is something I think that a lot of fans would look forward to. I think watching Jordan Walker steadily improve. His first 25 games hit 209. Next 24, 265. In September, 302. So, I mean, he's starting to pick it up. I still am intrigued with Mason Wynn. Very good defender. I think it's fun to watch young guys come up. And hasn't hit well, but still watch him play defensively. Um, and another one that I'm – maybe I'm just biased because I like him, but is, uh, is Zach Thompson. I, I, I don't think it's changed their offseason plans. I think he's a depth piece or a bullpen guy, but a major league pitcher nonetheless next year. But I am interested in watching him and his starts down the stretch. And these games are against teams, by the way, Anthony, that the Cardinals can play spoiler. Um, you've got seven with Milwaukee, Brewers up by six and a half in the Central. So they're unless they totally tank it here, they're going to win the Central. The Padres have four straight wins. They're six games out of a playoff spot. You know, you could eliminate them. You got Cincinnati fifth in the National League wild card, but only a half game out of the spot. So that final weekend against the Reds could mean something. So yeah. that that to me as a baseball fan is something that I look forward to. Yeah, you hate you hate that. You don't want to be in the spoiler role. You want to be on the other side of it. You want to be you want to have a, lot, a playoff spot locked up like the Orioles just did, like the Rays just did. That's where we want to be. That's where the Cardinals should be each and every year. The expectations are high and they should be high for a reason. This season has been terrible. If you've been if you if you're still watching and you are looking forward to something, that's a small consolation prize. So you, get, you get to be spoiler, but I'm with you, Dan. Wayno getting 200, Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, watching those young guys. Otherwise, let's just get the hell out of here and to 2024. I know it's a Cardinal related question, but I I love watching the final couple of weeks because the wild card and the second wild card has made it fun. Yeah. So whoever doesn't win the AL East will win that first wild card spot. After that, you got Toronto, Texas, Seattle, three teams fighting for two spots all separated by a game and a half. So you could have some of this stuff come down to the final weekend, certainly, and probably the final day of the regular season, which makes it fun. No doubt. Guys, we brought up Jordan Walker, and of course he had that that big home run yesterday. He went one for four, but to start off the game, a great, uh, great diving catch. I've seen his defense, at least over the past few months, or maybe weeks, give or take, that he's been developing in the outfield, and he gives all the credit to to Willie McGee and says he would work with him, you know, the rest of his career if he could. Um, well, you know, what are we seeing out of Jordan Walker in the field, and can that translate to being an above-average outfielder next season? Well, it's interesting because his defensive outs above average: April minus two, June was ugly minus five, July minus three, but August minus two, September plus one. So he's gotten better here in the second half. I, I think a lot of it boils down to just getting jumps. I mean, he's a third baseman by trade. He's played a little left field. You put him in right field. Ball comes off the bat at a different angle. And so that first step is imperative, especially with the speed of the game. And if you have a good first step, more times than not, he's a good enough athlete, can run, big arm, he's going to make the play. Yeah, no doubt. Guys, the big news heading into the weekend was Ali Marmol was basically set to come back for 2024 according to John Moselock. 
Uh, just, you know, going into this weekend, I know we briefly touched on it on Friday, but just thoughts on what Marmol can bring to the squad next year. You know, was this year really an indication of what he can do as a manager or was it basically the roster that he was handed to? I think it's the roster who's handed. I mean, if we if we look at it and we, sit, we take a step back and we say, all right, do, did any of us love the pitching staff coming into the year? No. I didn't think the defense would fall off as much as it did. I thought, if anything, they played good defense, and I really liked the offense. And I don't think that opinion really strayed from what a lot of Cardinals fans felt. But the defense was bad, and I do think that Ali, you know, needs to take ownership for the things that he needs to take ownership in, including, uh, you know, maybe not having the team prepared right out of the gates. WBC might have had something to do with it. No excuses, though. Other teams said WBC players as well. Did. But it clearly affected the Cardinals maybe more than others. Yeah. But the pitching staff overall was not good enough. And the front office needs to take accountability on that. Not just for what they didn't do this past offseason. It's never one offseason. And front offices don't think that way, Dan. You know that. You're thinking three years down the road, five years down the road. It's not just about this past offseason. You screwed the pooch this year, screwed the pooch last year, screwed the pooch the year before. This is a combination of what the front office didn't do from a pitching standpoint over the last three to five years, yeah, Marshy, in my opinion. Yeah, and Marshy asking what can he do? Um, start going to the dinners that are set up with free agents, pitching free agents, pitchers out there. Convince them to come to St. Louis. Convince them that this is a place that for some might be able to revive a career. For others, the money's going to be there and go get it. I mean, look, the last 12 games, they went 7-5, and five, Anthony and Marsh, against Atlanta, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Philly. Okay, that's that's a gauntlet of uh, not to you know take away from the gauntlet, but it's a gauntlet mm-hmm. of a schedule at that point in time. Their starters gave them one quality start, one. Now the relief core got a lot better, and they can hit. The lineup is good; they can hit. It's it's, I mean, it's not brain surgery here. They need starting pitching. Yep. And so you know, Ollie can do so much with that, and they know they need to address it. And I'm sure that they will. So. Hey, to me, it's about Ali with his connections in the game, with the money that can be spent, which ultimately comes down to the dollar, but trying to get guys here, trying to get them to St. Louis because they need starting pitching, period. End of story. Dan McLaughlin, Anthony Stalter, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. You could join us on Friday for Blues and Brews at Anheuser-Busch Brewery. Get fired up for the blues season at this outdoor street party featuring live music from country music star Chris Lane and local blues musician Marquise Knox, plus appearances by blues players and alumni, food trucks, merch, 101 ESPN giveaways, and much more. Tickets are now on sale, or you could text in to win free tickets. That's right, free tickets that we're going to be giving away right now. we got a trivia question for you. You. And uh, you could text in if you're the 101st texter at 314-399-9646, then you'll get free tickets to the Blues and Brews this Friday. You got to get this question right, though. Which player did the Blues send to the Philadelphia Flyers mm. in exchange mm. for Braden Shen, who we anticipate? We don't know this. We have no best inside information or anything like that. We really don't. But the Blues are going to announce a captain tomorrow. We assume it's going to be Braden Shen. Which player did the Blues send to the Flyers in exchange for Braden Shen? Also given up a first-rounder and a conditional 2018 first-round pick in that deal. But which player was it? If you have the correct answer, text in 314-399-9646 or the 101st texter. With that correct answer, you're going to get Blues and Brews tickets for this Friday. It's all presented by Bud Light, 101 ESPN, 92.3 WIL, and you get all the details at 101ESPN.com. 
NFL Four Downs next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Marsh, what do you got? NFL, four downs. First down. First down. First down. Okay, how slow you roll, Anthony. We didn't, we, just be patient. First be pa- down. Yeah, be patient. All right, hmm. first down, guys. Uh, are the Detroit Lions who we thought they were? Oh. Hmm. So you go on the road, you beat Kansas City, and you deserve that win. Part of you, though, must be thinking, eh, they didn't have Chris Jones or Travis Kelsey. As good as I felt last week, I feel just as bad today after we lose to the Seahawks. But let me say this. Let me give, let me give if you're listening, you're a Lions fan, whether you're an adopted Lions fan or you're listening from Detroit. Like yourself. <laughs> I, hey, I hope the Lions do well. It would be great. Be good It'd be for nice. the fans. It yes. would be great. That's a diehard. I, I, I live there. Dan, you're well. You're you're familiar with Detroit as well. Diehard fans. Yeah. Let me give you a little, little perspective here. The Lions yesterday had six point five yards per play over the Seahawks five point nine. They had eight point five yards per pass. Seahawks seven point four. You were almost identical in third down efficiency. Six for 11 for the Lions, five for 11 on the Seahawks. So you're telling me that's good. They outgained Seattle 418 to 393. Yep. They outplayed Seattle. Where you lost the game was three turnovers. Don't talk to me about the non call on the overtime play. Don't put yourself in that spot when you outplayed Seattle for nearly four quarters. You had three damn turnovers to Seattle zero. You take away those turnovers, the Lions are 2-0. So I don't think it should be panic, and no, I don't think it's the same old Lions. I was uh, at my son's soccer game this weekend, and they were playing a team from Detroit. Really? And and this guy engages me in conversation. So we just start talking sports. We get to the Lions, Mm -hmm. and I mean, you would have thought... They are the worst team in football. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, they went to Kansas City. They win that game, but they're terrible. They can't do this. They can't. I said, your team's pretty good, man. Yeah. They're built. This, I mean, the most negative fan you've ever been. And he goes, a lot of my buddies feel the same way. Oh, yeah. Okay. They, they, you know, so <laughs> he'll be there on Thanksgiving, I'm sure. But he had a lot of buddies in his corner that they stink, and they didn't buy into him. Okay. So, Dan, on that note, it's so funny you bring that up. I texted one of my best friends. His name is Drew. He's from, born and raised in Portland, Michigan. Diehard Lions, fan. waiting for the shoe to fall. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I said, "Hey, sorry, sorry about your boys today. That was that was a tough one." He goes, "As happy as I was last week, I'm as angry as I am today. <laughs> totally showed our ass and reverted back to being a joke." They're pretty good, man. I'd like the Lions to make the playoffs and do some damage. They'll be fine. All right. Yeah. That's uh, fine. Second quarter or second down, please. <laughs> All I have to say is the Vikings are not out as every NFC North team lost yesterday. And they're going up or against. On Thursday, yep. Wait, what? 
Well, no, I'm saying the rest of the NFC North lost yesterday. Sure. So. I was being technical, Tom. I apologize. Come on, I Anthony. Just, they lost. I wanted, Come on, Tom. I wanted to bring up the Vikings. Well, that's what I was saying. They lost, so it's good that every other I, team lost. I know, but uh, they didn't lose Sunday. They lost Thursday. Jets should go trade for Kirk Cousins. They should. Absolutely. I was being a jerk, Marshall. Don't you, be you like being that. a jerk. I'm sorry. Anthony, I brought up something that was slightly positive in favor of you know, my well-being. He just completely stomped on I it. I did. I totally did. Just completely did. stomped on it. Second down. Second quarter. Second quarter, please. Four quarters. Uh, Can you envision Tua leading the Dolphins on a deep playoff run? Yes, I can. I said that defense. Vic Fangio's going to fix that defense. They looked pretty good last night. One perfect, but they bounced back from a bad week one. And Tua in that offense, as long as it's, you know, nice weather, they're going to be just fine. Isn't that the, the key, though? It is. It's so funny. I'm not even being flippant. I was thinking about that last night. They go to Foxborough. It's about 75 degrees. And I'm thinking, well, in three months, it's a little different story. If you have to go to Buffalo, if you have to go to New England, if you have to go to some of the AFC teams that mm-hmm. have cold weather uh, situations. So I- I'm with you. And then it negates what you're trying to do with Tua, who's throwing it all over the place. And he has been great. I mean, he's been outstanding, and he has two of the best weapons in the in the NFL that are just flying all over the field. But weather could hinder what they're trying to do, especially when you're coming from a place that's 85 to 90 every day. Yes. It, it's, it's just a factor. It really is. Do you know what I like, though, about last night? I love what Mike McDaniel, the head coach, said after the game. He said, we knew in watching week one of the Patriots that we could not apply anything to week two. And he's absolutely right. Because the Patriots are a matchup-based team. The Eagles got a different game plan than the Dolphins got. Whoever they play next, we're on to Cincinnati, they'll they'll get a different play uh, game plan. Not all teams are like that. Some teams are like, we are who we are. You you stop us. And it doesn't matter what the matchup is. Belichick and the Patriots are different in that regard. Mike McDaniel knew what he had to do last night. Tyree Kill went bananas in week one. I know he had a touchdown last night, but they largely kept him in check. Why? Because Belichick forces you to play left-handed. He takes away your... And that's a bad example because two is left-handed. Marsh, I saw your I saw your eyes Sorry light up. Sorry for being technical BB. Tom here. <laughs> uh, but, but they took away Tyreek Hill. So what did they do to the ball? What did they do? They ran the ball. Raheem Mozart had over 100 yards, looked very good. He was breaking off long runs. He was a non-factor in week one. The Dolphins can beat you in a variety of ways. I think they're legit. Third quarter, please. Third quarter, please. Third down. Yep. Are the Chargers the most disappointing team in the NFL after two weeks? Yes. They're 0-2. They lose in overtime to the Titans. I think they are 0-5 in their last five OTs dating back to 2020. That becomes a problem when you can't win at least one. You know what I mean? you got to win one. That becomes a trend that you uh, lose in overtime. Justin Herbert, though, pretty good. 305, couple of touchdowns. The offense, though, third down went two for 14. That's the game. I mean, that that's was great, the game. That's a great statistic. So they are winless two weeks into the season. So that makes the Bengals, the Broncos, Vikings, Chargers, Bears, Pats, Cardinals, Texans all 0-2. And two of those teams will change tonight. So 0-2 start for the Chargers. Not sure many people thought that would be the case going into this season. I didn't. And and look, maybe you say, well, the Bengals are the most disappointing team. Not to me. I, I left the Bengals out of the playoffs for a reason. I thought this was the year that things kind of, 
you know, go sideways for the Bengals given all the changes they had in the offseason. I did not anticipate Joe Burrow struggling as much as he did, but obviously he's dealing with a calf injury and all that. The Bengals, to me, being 0-2, especially after their 0-2 a year ago, is not shocking. The Chargers being 0-2, I think, is a major disappointment. Dan, you bring up those that OT statistic. What What is that basically about? Winning close games. Yeah. And, and the they, coaching don't, staff, they don't win close they games. You're right. find ways to lose close games. I'm going to have to have a bone to pick with you here. I think the oh, Bengals, no. though, are the most disappointing. When are you, you got Joe Burrow and you paid him 275 and he's your franchise QB and you've been so close to the Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl, yeah. uh, to me, that's the most disappointing team in football right now. Fair. Fourth down. Should the Browns be considered a playoff hopeful if they win tonight in Pittsburgh? Yes. You like them? Yeah. I think Cleveland's better than we thought. I had Pittsburgh being my last wild card team. And then I kind of said, all right, we did the buy, well, seller, hold. in game one Ugh. of this season. I did the buy, seller, hold, and I said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to sell my Steelers stock. I'm going to buy the Browns stock. I think Cleveland, they go on the road tonight, and they win in Pittsburgh against a Steelers team that you know, you know had a great week of practice under Tomlin. I love Tomlin. I think he's underrated. I think he's a magnificent no coach. No question, but that offense also stinks. So, so what are you, hey, what are you watching? Panthers, Saints, or Cleveland, Pittsburgh? So it's a doubleheader tonight on Monday Night Football if fans don't know that. I think the Saints-Panthers game is going to be close until the fourth quarter. And then Cleveland and Pittsburgh is going to be close throughout. So I'll watch up until... One kind of takes over the other. Yeah, Bryce. I'll watch until Bryce Young makes kind of a rookie mistake. And I like Bryce Young, but he's got two guards that are out tonight. I'm going to watch until Bryce Young makes the mistake that wins the Saints the game, and then I'll flip over to Cleveland-Pittsburgh. NFL finalized what was an 11-year media rights deal with um, more content going to Disney. So if you're wondering why... It's a doubleheader tonight, ABC, ESPN. Um, that's why they're they're having this tonight. So then you say, well, why, why would you put this one competing against the other? And the problem is, is that if you, if you decided to stagger the games, if you will, the second game would end so late on the East Coast because you want to be in primetime, yeah. you're going to lose all those viewers. Yeah. So that's why you have two going essentially at the same time. One starts one hour earlier than the other. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm fascinated to hear what fans have to say about this, if this is a good thing for the NFL. So you got Thursday night football. As you go closer to Christmas, you'll have Saturday games. You're going to have Sunday games. you got Monday night games. Um, but I, I wonder if this is a good thing for the product. I, I'm not sure. I think so. I, I think it's great. I, I'm not too. sure it'll be accepted, but I, I like it. I like having the one on Thursday. I like having your slate on Sunday. I like I having too. your Sunday night game. I like tonight. Uh, you got one on the phone, one on the laptop, exactly. or whatever. You know, I'm good with that. I'm well, with for you. me, I am because, you know, kids dominate the TV. I, I, don't yeah, care. For sure. I don't care about the two games this week because the matchups stink. It's only week two. The matchups stink. They stink, Dan. Come on. You're not interested in Cleveland and Pittsburgh at all? I love that, that's, Cleveland that's and Pittsburgh. One. That should be Monday Night Football. Not the Saints and the Panthers. Who cares about that game? Who cares? Derek Carr's family cares. Bryce Young family cares. 314 says, Come burnt on, out on football by Sunday night. Are you? No, not me. The 314. Oh. I love it. I, I would love the, feel that way, the college games. I love watching the NFL games, the prime games. They're fun to watch. The question is, do I like college more than uh, the pros? Yeah. I used to, but now I'm... Uh, you like it all. I do like just it all. Just 
soak it all up. Yeah. What's trending? And we got a lot of news, I feel. If I was just thinking about this, if you had last week's NFL Monday night game, it was 40 to nothing. So at least you could flip over to the other game that might have been competitive. So that was a Sunday night game. You're talking about Dallas, but... Nonetheless, Dallas and yeah, you're right. Dallas and New York. But to your point, if tonight for whatever it's a blowout and one, just flip over the other. Yeah, exactly. Now they'll probably both come down to a field goal. (laughs) But imagine you have two games last week. You don't get as many views on the Aaron Rodgers game. No, true. Then again, you could switch over once he got injured. But you also have though; it's owned by Disney. So it's going to. It's not like you're competing NBC and CBS. I mean, they're like, hey, we're going to have every most eyeball of a sports fan on our games tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just reminds me of like the like Monday night football week one. You have the the Broncos hosting the the Raiders and Sergio Dip is on the sideline. Like because oh, it's the you know it's the second game. Like no one cares about that game. I want one Monday night football game because it's prime time. It's one game. I like Thursday. I like Sunday night football. And I like the one Monday night football game because it's nostalgic. Is this about Waffle House? Is this what's going on? Why are you, are you that so up? I, I wasn't even thinking that about week. that. You go out and then you go to the Waffle House afterwards. He's oh, I buddies. will be. I will, will be, be in week uh, week 19. What's the AKA, countdown? When you, the, what's the magic number? Yeah, what's the magic number? Well, you're up 2 nothing right now. Falcons. I'm, I, I'm two games back. Uh, Marshy said that the Vikings would have more wins than the Falcons, and mm. I, Lee Cor- I Lee Corsoed him. I said, not so fast, my friend. Falcons are going to have more wins this year. Mm. So far, the Falcons got two mm. more wins. Lee Corso with what? His 400th game yeah. game this past <laughs> yeah, week? Yeah, the headgear head pick or whatever. <laughs> That's he, unbelievable. You didn't even Wait. believe in your team this week. Oh, I did I mean, I didn't not. either, but... But they're 2-0, and March. Hey, they're 2-0. You're right. All right. What's trending is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's going on in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered with what's trending now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a Lion's Choice Sandwich Coupon. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Dan McLaughlin filling in for our guy, Jamie Rivers, who is throwing the first pitch tonight down at Bush Stadium. You hopefully, go, Jamie. Yeah, hopefully he can uh, throw a strike tonight. Does does he hit the uh, mascot? Does he hit Fred Bird today? No. No. Mm. Does he uh, hit the glove of Luke? Is Luke and Baker still up? Yes. Okay, I, I would imagine if, they, if he doesn't get the opportunity to choose who he wants to catch the first pitch, which does happen with some dignitaries that come down there, um, then usually they throw out a guy that's not in the lineup and usually a young player. Or it could be a bullpen guy. Don't they get like money or a gift card or something? Yeah, they get a little, little gift a card shekels. To Bed Bath & Beyond? Yeah, probably. Big weekend. I'm going to take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think he will be throwing to Kirikuto. Ah. Ah, that could be okay. it. Okay. Again, does he hit Fred Bird to send a message? No, I don't think so. And then he spins around. Send a message. And he looks up to Mo in the uh, little little owner's box there and Mm -hmm. says, be better or else this will happen again. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Man, 
You know, it's a team or game. Is that too much? It's a team game. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you just got to take it. If you're Fred Bird, yeah, he would know, understand. It stinks, but you no, know, that's what leaders do. Hey, you know, when other people aren't carrying the freight, a leader will step in and, and take one for the team. That's right, and that's what Fred Bird is. And what I mean, what's what's Fred Bird gonna say? You mean it, you, you mean he doesn't talk? That is so good. <laughs> what's trending, please? Well, also throwing pitches tonight will be Adam Wainwright as he goes for win number 200 against the Milwaukee Brewers. He was pretty solid in his last outing against Baltimore. What are we thinking tonight? Does he get win 200 tonight? And will you have three screens tonight watching with two Monday night football games? You know what's interesting? Tonight is his 215th start at Bush Stadium 3. Nice. He is 106 and 64. That's a 624 wow. winning percentage at home. How about That's that? That's incredible. He is awfully good when it comes to pitching at home. There's uh he'll by the way, he'll be just the eighth pitcher in the history of baseball to have 215 starts in one ballpark, 100 wins and a 600 plus winning percentage. That's Only awesome. eight have done that. Well done. Pretty good. Pretty good. Does he get though the win? Absolutely. Five and fly, my man. And you're gonna you're gonna face a Brewers team that still is pushing, mm-hmm. and you got a guy in Peralta that here, it's gonna be tough, man. The second half of the season, he's been one of the best pitchers in the National League. He's been lights up. You know, his first half was okay, but he's a strikeout guy. Twenty nine start coming up tonight. He's got two hundred strikeouts. That's third in baseball behind Strider and Snell in the National League. Opponents only hitting two oh four against him third lowest in baseball so the cardinals have their work cut out for him to say the least he's gonna go five and two thirds okay he's gonna allow three runs mm. with five strikeouts and two walks cardinals are gonna win four to three tonight you think so yes okay. I, I worry about the bullpen no need there were lights out last time bullpen the last 12 games has been pretty good relievers 15 holds four saves well gallegos now three three five era yeah but you got woody you got uh woodford up you know with izzy overseeing him in the dugout like dan was talking about earlier so matthew libertor last time he started against the brewers he carved him up he was really good really good uh and i was wondering oh i wonder if matthew libertor would 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 go in after Wayno and provide you know a little bit extra comfort there if they were to have a lead. However, he did pitch uh, an inning and two thirds yesterday. He walked one and struck out two. So I don't know if he would go back to back. Probably not. So, Ollie screwed up. Ollie could have had uh, Libertor ready to go for three tonight. But you needed that win yesterday for what? To avoid the sweep. Uh, and they do a good job at not being swept and not sweeping. I saw a meme. Cardinals fan post. I think it was on Twitter, and it was a picture of the Cardinals in the first two games of a series, and it was Captain America before he got transformed. <laughs> the internet is undefeated. <laughs> and it was Cardinals in the last game of a series when they lose 0-2, yeah. and it was Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been that kind of year dying. for him. It's been that, that kind of year for the Cardinals. Yeah, it certainly has, Dan. Yeah, it's been tough. Been tough. Real quick here, uh, Jeremy Rutherford tweeted this out or X'd it at four. uh, (laughs) I don't know what you what do you call it now? Post an X. Yeah, he X'd it. He posted. 
He exited, he posted uh, that the Blues will announce the 24th captain in team history tomorrow at 11.30. And we will have the conference right here on 101 ESPN. So, yes, we will. So make sure you're checking in uh, and tuning into that. Darn right. All By right. the way, uh, I know you love football. I just wanted to throw this out there. The Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes have restructured his agreement. He gets 210 Point six million between this year and twenty six, most money in NFL history over a four season span. So they restructured it. Then his agent said after twenty six, they're going to do a new one. Yeah. Wow. Probably good for wow. him. He deserves it. It's a lot. He does deserve it. He's I mean, it's earned a, it. I should say. Right? Yeah, like he's I agree. Earned it. I mean, if you watch the game yesterday, he's the reason they won. Mm-hmm. But how many times you say that the QB is the reason that you want in the NFL. It's yeah, the most important or, position. Or, or lost. lost. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. Dan McLaughlin, Anthony Stalter, Dan filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Uh, Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We've got our sports six-pack. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. to get a question for us, send it in, and we'll address it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over forty-two years. 505, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. With Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your questions. Question, Question number one. one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, from the three, or I'm sorry, from the 618, what is your biggest St. Louis what if athlete or sports moment? Oh, boy. Pretty good one. Uh, we were talking off the air a little bit about this. Yeah, Marsh gave us a heads up. I, I kind of rattled off a couple off the, I'll just go off the top of my head. Yeah. The one is what was my first one? Ricky and Keel. Ricky and Keel. Yeah, Ricky yep. and Keel. Rick, one who uh, I I've gotten to know a little bit. I love great Rick. dude. Like Ank is such a good dude, incredible I, athlete. Yes, that's where I'm played go- basketball so, with him. Dude, he could play basketball. He's dunking the ball. He's insane. Yeah, he's a great athlete. I don't know if it was Dunk and or BT that used to say when he used to do his his um, bullpen sessions. Yep. That's why they call it the Snapdragon, because you, you could you hear the yep. uh, when he was pitching. Obviously a phenomenal athlete all the way around. Great hitter. Uh, a couple of years ago, he played in the, the he did the home run derby at the O'Fallon Hoots Stadium. Put on an absolute show. I bet. So if Rick, you know, had stayed healthy and obviously not uh, kind of gone through his process, man, I think Rick could have been... Uh, well, tremendous. We Still were talking about great to do what he did. Oh yeah, the Rams. What if they stay? We talked about off the air. Um, Petrangelo yeah. staying potentially. Yeah. I got one for uh, fans, probably a little older generation, but Tony Van Zant, who is headed to the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, um, just got in or just got the word that he'll be inducted with the class that's going in, but was an incredible incredible high school player and got hurt he was headed to mizzou um and went to mizzou but that's a big what if there's a bunch that are out there um and by the way congratulations to those that just went into the st louis sports hall of fame they just had their recent induction class last week um and they wes edwards and his crew do an incredible job putting that together and it's been long
long overdue to have a St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame, so they do a really nice job with that. Absolutely. The other one I was thinking of from a Cardinals perspective is, you know, what if Jack Flaherty and uh, Reyes never Alex get Reyes hurt? is going to go down as one of those. Although, the difference with him is at least you had um, – one all-star year out of Alex Reyes. Remember when yeah, he's closer? Yeah, yeah. So he was good. It just he couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. I remember when he first came up. The Reds were in town. Joey Votto at the plate. He makes his debut, and Joey Votto looked back at I think it was Molina and just went, "Wow." Yeah, that's what he said. I mean, he just said, "Wow." Um, so it, yeah, I, I I don't know, man. I think it's gonna, you know, yeah. there's there's a lot there's of them a out ton. there. Yeah. Yep. Question two, please. Question number two. All right. From the 314, is Luther Burden a top 10 wide receiver in college football? He is trending that way. We'll see what his college tape looks like when it's all said and done. Dan brought up something earlier that I was shocked by when he mentioned the yardage total for Luther Burden a year ago. I thought it was even, I doubled it when when I guessed. What was it, 300 and something? 375 maybe last year. And he's almost there already after three games this year. They're highlighting him, which they should. He's averaging, like I think, 15 yards per reception. He is – let me state this. There's no question that Luther Burden is a a NFL talent. What did you say, top 10? Um – he might be when it's all said and done. The, 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 the knock is going to be, and I'm just saying this from an NFL scouting standpoint, okay? So don't don't shoot the messenger here. But the knock is going to be he's 5'11". You know, prototypical number one wide receivers, guys that are drafted in the top 10 are about 6'3". How much do you put into his ability fly. to return punts, kicks, that kind of thing? I think it's... I think it's Important because special teams are important, but with the way that the kickoff and punt rules are now in the NFL, specifically the kickoff rule in the The kickoff, I'm taking bit. out. Yeah, but I'm just punts, talking about punt return. Yeah, punt, punt, you might. I get, mean, just a little bit. Does it, that go in the checkbox of uh, positive? I think just the way that NFL offense is run now, the, the spread concepts. You don't have to be six three something or other, but I'm just saying, if you're going to be drafted that high, for sure, that's going to be a bit of a knock. I mean, the, the one that he took the near sideline and turned oh, that into man. six. There, there's not many guys that are doing that. Shut your face, you know. Uh, question three, please. Question number three. From the 314, if there wasn't a rule preventing goalies from being captain, how much consideration would Jordan Bennington get? You know, uh, let me, in fairness to Luther Burden, sorry, Marsh, I'm going to have to have you read that again. Jamar Chase is only six foot, and Justin Jefferson's only six one. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek Hill had off-field stuff at Oklahoma State, unfortunately for him, and he he was drafted in the third round. Where did Ju- where did Just- Justin Jefferson wind up? You know, remember what pick that was in the first round? Ooh. He, I know he was. Was it fourteen? It was 22. 22? Yeah. Okay, so again, we're still talking top 10. But Jamar Chase, in fairness, salute the bird. Jamar Chase was selected in the top five. So there, there is that. All I know is Nelson Aguilar. I think was picked before him. Was it Nelson? It Agu- wasn't Aguilar. It was, no, no, uh, was Jalen uh, Rager. Jalen Rager. Yes. That's right. That's right. Who, Who wound up in Minnesota <laughs> and then didn't know how to run a route. Yeah. I'm sorry, Marsh. Go ahead. What was the Bennington oh. question? It was uh, from the three one four. If there wasn't a rule preventing goalies from being captain, how much consideration would Jordan Bennington get? 
I, the way that Jamie has talked about the goaltender position, I don't think it's um, what's the word I'm looking for? Conducive. I think to, that, well, there's a couple of things. Yeah, conducive to to being, being a cat. Yeah, they're kind of isolated a little bit. They kind of have. Thing, they they kind of march to the beat of their own drum. And I don't. Well, I don't there's think. Two, two things. I think you know. One is going out and discussing with the referee about a penalty. Mm-hmm. You know, coming from the cage, going out there, talking it over, whatever, yeah. or any of the gripes coming from Good the call. bench, that kind of thing. And number two, um, whether you like it or not, the, the media perspective of that job. Yeah. Win, lose, draw. The captain is there, especially in the tough times when the cameras are on, the microphones are in front of you. He's the guy that you go to. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do when Jordan Bennington's been pulled after three goals in the first? And he's got to answer questions like that. That's true. You know, I, I just think it's a little bit tougher on the goalie. It puts a little bit too much pressure on them. Good call. Question uh, four, please. Question number four. It sounds good to me. From the 314, what do the cards do with Yepes, Palacios, Baker, and others in the lineup right now? Is there a spot on next year's roster for any? You said Palacios who? Baker? And Yepes. No, on the last two, yes, on the first one. Palacios? Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's earned that look in spring training at the minimum. Yes. To be a part of this team with what he's done. And a lot of times, guys like him are kind of filled, are brought in to fill in back into rosters. Yeah. He's done more than that on a 40-man and making this team and doing some different things that he's done here down the stretch where it catches your attention. He got he got a break, yep. you know, and uh, he's made the most of it, undoubtedly. Yeah. I, I'm with you, though, on the other two. Yepes is the one that surprised me where he hasn't been up at all, hardly at all this season. I agree. And that usually is an indication that, you know, there's something not right there Thank that you. they're seeing. Jan, it, uh, that's exactly how I felt when, when we come in, when we were coming into this year and we're talking about, yeah, we did all these segments of who could surprise any of this. My answer was Juan Yepes for about everything. I was so convinced that Juan Yepes was going to have himself a nice year. So you get this, get to this point, and he just got called up because another O'Neill injury, and you guess where has he been? I used to say this all the time with the Rams players. If you're wondering where this guy is, understand the coaching staff is not seeing what they need to see in practice. Or Yepes is not, you know, whatever it is, and I don't know what it is. And sometimes it doesn't stand out to it. a fan or the media. Right. I, I'm with you, it and that a, that would lead me to believe why he hasn't been up. It was that way with a, a wide receiver that was taken in the second round. And oh my god, I'm forgetting his name. He had he had a little burst there, and then he got hurt. But but he he couldn't crack the field, and everybody kept saying, "Wow, when is he going to get his chance? When is he going to get his chance?" When? And if you watch kind of training camps and practices, the, the coaching staff did not trust him to run his routes correctly. Was it for the Rams? Yes, St. Louis it was Rams? Second, I mean, it was, was it Marty Gilliard? No, 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 no. That was he was like a fifth round pick out of Cincinnati. I remember it. Ty, Ty, um, Played at a small school. Oh my god, I can't believe I can't remember. His, I know who you're this talking about. Name. It'll come up. He drew like, oh, somebody, boy, Randy looks like Randy Moss. He's not Randy Moss. No, he wasn't. Um, it was going back to Brian, Brian, Brian Quick. Brian, Brian Quick, Quick okay. second round pick out of Appalachian State. That's in two, right. In 2012, and a lot of people kept asking. It was the it was their three second round picks. Brian Quick, Jenkins, the corner, and Isaiah Pede. Who ironically Isaiah talking fumble about. the ball peed. That's correct. Yes. By the way, the uh and it's a good point. Three one four says, look at Yepes's numbers at AAA, that's why he wasn't up. That's part of the story. But also you get guys that you look at and you say, They're having a terrible year and they get called up. Yeah. 
Zach Thompson. Yeah, true. So sometimes that happens where they do see something in you, mm-hmm. and maybe the results aren't quite in the numbers, right? but they're still going to bring you up. Good call. Question five, please. Question number five. From the 636, is St. Louis City SC that good? They're only 9-4-10 and 10 after a 6-0 and 0 start. Yes, they're that good. Yep. Yes, they've earned their record. But yes, I think they are goalkeeper dependent, and I think they need to play a certain style including being physical and harassing on defense in order to win games. Nothing that we didn't know coming into the year, quite frankly. I, I'm shocked that they're even in this position. The yeah. fact that we're sitting there going, well, they're 9-4 and whatever in their last whatever games. Yeah, I'll take it because coming into the season, I had no preconceived notion that they would be this good. Right. And now on Wednesday, they got a chance to, I think, secure their playoff spot, which in their expansion year and their first season – You'd take that in a heartbeat. Yes. Question six, please. Question number six. From the 636, is there any college football team that is set in stone to run the table this season, or is it a wide open year? You're still going to get, I think it's a wide open year, so I think both, both things can be true. If you're looking for one team to make a run. Georgia? It's Georgia. Michigan, um, but you got Ohio State, yeah. and I was going to say Notre Dame, but Notre Dame's got a good test here against Ohio State. If they get and past they get USC too, oh yeah, that's right. They always got that, that the USC game at the end of the year. I think it's Georgia. I would say Georgia, but I mean, the, you got to go through the SEC championship, then you got to go through a semifinal, then get to the finals. Yep, I, it's just tough to win without the whole thing without at least one loss. Uh, Georgia's got UAB, Auburn, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Florida, Mizzou. I mean, they're they're going to be tough to beat. Ole Miss. Well, they got Ole Miss and Tennessee back to back. Ole Miss give them a game because they can throw the ball over, over the yard. Lane train. Oh, the old lane train. Oh, Ole Miss is pretty good this year. I still like LSU. I still like them. LSU's danger. LSU defensive line is one of the exactly. best in the country. Yep. I didn't think they looked all that great, though, against um, – oh, you know, never mind. I'm thinking of Florida State. Florida yeah, State Florida did State, not look that no, great against this Boston week. College. Yeah, yeah they yeah. – They were up big and then won 31-28, 31-29 in Chestnut Hill. Yes, 30, mm-hmm. and, and Boston College had an opportunity. Yes, they well, did, if the, I remember correctly. The problem was they went for two too early in the game, too early in that uh, late in the did. game. Yeah, BC, yeah. they didn't get it, and then they ended up making it a, a pretty close game. But by that time, they, you know, they, they, couldn't, they had to be yeah. – they had to score twice. I pay attention to Boston it. College. My brother played football and baseball there. That's right. Yeah, so I I check out the Eagles. Yeah, Old and my Chestnut, dad played Chestnut there. Chestnut Hill. Did he? Yeah, he played football at Boston College. Yeah. So so dad so dad and brother played at uh, Boston College. Yeah. God rest Eagle. his soul. He's been gone for twenty four years, something like that. I was young when he passed, but um. So my brother was a recruit, one of the top recruits out of the area, out of Viani, out of SLU. Uh-huh. And he and the aforementioned Trent Green were two of the top guys in the uh, Midwest, really nationwide. And uh, yeah, my brother with the uh, you know the connection with my dad going to BC playing football there. He went and played football. That's awesome. and then played baseball too. No kidding. And then there's me. You darn well, darn right. And here I am hosting afternoon radio. Well, some would say you no are doing a lot better than he is. You know, Not from really. that standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> By you know, the way, here's the thing: you could have played anywhere in the nation, any sport, but you chose broadcasting. Oh, for sure. Just ask me. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was a high draft choice in my mind. I, you know, I feel like Uncle Rico right now out of uh, what's the what's the Napoleon, Napoleon Dynamite? Yes, Napoleon Dynamite. Coach, would you just put me in that fourth quarter? We want to stay. I could throw a ball over the mountains there. If we want to state. Oh man, <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me. Um, you know. Reading the uh, the about the the late great Michael Shan- Mike Shannon yeah and, and and what I mean he could have dominated in football he did dominate in baseball just an unbelievable athlete they, there's many that believe that Mike Shannon uh, would have won the Heisman yeah that he was that good had a cannon for an arm and was a hell of a football player and then obviously chose baseball and was mm-hmm. part of those great teams in the the 60s but. Yeah, there was a ton of people that said he could basically do anything he wants. He was that good of an athlete. Sure. Incredible. Those 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 athletes are remarkable too. They really right? are. But that's ah, where we get to the, done anything. That's where we get really? to the specialization though of sports now, yeah. which drives me crazy. These young kids that are great athletes, and I don't anybody I talk to says, I wish young people today, and I'm talking about the top athletes that are retired, or even those that are currently playing, they they'll all say, I wish kids today would play more sports their yep. body needs a rest mentally you get away from the sport and then when you start getting older that's when you focus more on the one sport no doubt yeah and then you have a kid at colorado state that plays on both sides of the ball and gets knocked out on a dirty hit yeah and we won't be able to see him for the next couple of weeks so it sucks it's not only colorado that loses we'll tell you else who loses next on 101 espn we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. So, Dan, with the uh, perfect transition on the Colorado situation, fans are – Colorado's not the only team that that loses out here with Travis Hunter uh, suffering an injury. If you didn't see it, it was late on Saturday night. Colorado State clearly made it a point to go in there and physically try to thump up a, a fast Colorado team. That again received all the praise and all the recognition and all that in Colorado State wanted to make it a point to go in there and uh, play up to and pass the whistle. Well, oh yeah, one of their players worth repeating: seventeen penalties, one hundred and eighty-seven yards lost by Colorado State. Yes, Colorado State. One of the safeties came over to Travis Hunter and total cheap shot. And now Travis Hunter is going to miss the next three weeks at least with a I think a lacerated spleen in Colorado. The lacerated liver has number ten Oregon this weekend. Then they host USC on September thirtieth without one of their best players. Football's a rough game. Injuries are going to happen. That shouldn't happen. If Travis Hunter is playing, both, he's the if you don't know, he's the young man that plays both ways. He plays corner. He plays he plays wide receiver. If he would have got hurt on the fields. Playing offense or defense, fine. It's part of the game. But for him on a play that he really had no shot on, it was a pass interference. It should have been pass interference. I think it was. I think they called pass interference and unnecessary roughness on that same play. There should be no. There's no tolerance for that. No. I mean, you get guys being kicked out for partial targeting in college football. Let alone this kid flies over and and is clearly his intent was to hurt. Uh, one of Colorado's players. So, just one of their best, quite frankly, their best. Their head coach, Colorado State's head coach, said, quote, it's just sad. That's Jay Norvell. He said, it's sad 
That's the state of the world we live in. It's a football game. Let's not make it more than that. We don't want anybody to get hurt. We don't coach that kind of football. Mm. And it was Blackburn's hit on Hunter. He described as a bang-bang play. He said, I reviewed the play. It's a play that happens sometimes. That's certainly not something that we teach or coach. It happens in football sometimes. End quote. Well, no, you know what you were doing. That's clear that that's what he was trying to do, intent and injury. The Colorado State University Police Department, local authorities have now been uh, dealing with death threats to Henry Blackburn, who was the one that delivered the uh, the hit, his family, and the uh, AD Joe Parker told ESPN that today. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Stop. But Jay Norville saying what he said about it, it was not a bang-bang play. I understand when a safety's coming over, you're trying to make a play, but you either play the man or you play the ball. He 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 didn't play either, really. He definitely didn't play the ball. It's about a step, didn't he have before the a whole step. Yeah. There was no chance of Hunter to make the play. The it was it wasn't a great throw. I think Shadir Sanders may have, may have gotten hit on that play, but it, it, Hunter was kind of out of bounds at that point. He was getting mugged by the corner. It was going to be PI. He clearly came over and delivered a big hit you know if anything uh, on purpose for sure if anything jay norvell has instigated this to a level that it didn't need to get to starting with the comments about that you may not like Deion sanders you may not like how he handles himself uh you may not like how he dresses you may not like his swagger whatever you just keep your mouth shut Mm -hmm. and you, you don't address the other in my opinion you don't address the other team and it was unprovoked Yes. You know, they were just asked about playing Colorado, and he goes off on this tangent, and then it just escalated to the point that you had 17 penalties and nearly 200 yards going against you on penalties. You're the one that instigated this. Yes. And that's the problem I have with it, is that the head coach needed to take some accountability for this, which he won't and would never do, but that's what the problem was, mm-hmm. is that his there was zero accountability, and he's taken this to a level that it didn't need to get to. Agreed. Stupid. It's the Fast Lane on 101 at ESPN. We do have Beat the Street coming up, plus the biggest question of the day. Uh, do we need a new Beat the Street contestant, or are we good again? Nope, we uh, we have our returner coming on. All right, so we will get, uh, we'll get to those. Dan will play Beat the Streak for... Our guy Jamie Rivers, you feel you feel good, Phil. I feel great, absolutely tremendous. Okay, tremendous. You played beat the streak before. You know what's coming. Yeah, you explain it again to me, but whatever. Yeah, you just got to get hit. Okay, that's it. Just uh, get it. It doesn't have to be the first hit or anything like that. You just can't choose any player that has already been taken. Just so, hit, baby. Just hit. That's right. Al Little Davis Al Davis. Scores. Yeah. Did you see the thirty for thirty on that one? I would know, but I got to watch it. Al Davis. I know he became kind of like a meme later on in life. That guy knew football. Oh, he knew talents. Absolutely. It was it was different though because they had it like superimposed with he and Pete Roselle. Yeah. And it was like that fake what what do you call it whatever that thing is, but it was and they're trying to do voices for those guys. Oh, it really? was just it was kind of weird. Oh, really? But it just showed the fight that that Al Davis went through from Oakland to LA back to Oakland and you know what he was trying to do which opened up the doors to what we have now mm-hmm. um for NFL teams to jump right. city to city yeah. right well not maybe not right on that part but well he was the he was at the the front of this yeah. and he was the reason that a lot of this stuff in in the laws opened up in opened favor up. of teams to do this yeah hmm. And we lost our team. Yeah. So I don't feel good anymore. About no, this. No. Don't watch it. Okay. Beat the streak. Biggest question of the day next. I want to win ESPN. We're right.
back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Baseballs. All of my successes depend on me. You ready to hit? The hits just keep on coming. And in his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle. Time to play Beat the Streak here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin not only pinch hitting today for Jamie Rivers, who is throwing out the first pitch tonight at the Cardinals game, but also pinch hitting from a Beat the Streak standpoint. We also welcome back Dave, who uh, got a hit last Friday joining us. What's up, Dave? Hey, I had a great weekend, guys. Happy to be listening here. Good man. We appreciate you coming back. Marsh, update those standings there, kid. Yes, Anthony, you got a base hit. Jamie did not get a base hit. Of course, Dave did get a base hit because uh, Wilson Contreras helped him out. And, well, he's back today. And I broke my streak of five. Not getting a base hit, thanks to Nick Castellanos. He helped me out this weekend. Nice. So mm. the hit a home run the first inning. Yep. There you go. Uh, the order will go: Dave, then you, Anthony, then me, and then Dan. All right, Dave, lead us off, kid. Well, I would go with Coach Prime, but I don't think he's playing tonight. So <laughs> I'm going to not idea. overthink this and just go with Nolan Arenado. Okay, there you go. Nine for 22 against Freddie Peralta. That's a pretty good pick. A couple of ding, four ding-dong Johnsons yeah. to, go, to go with it. I like that selection, Dave. By the way, I saw on a uh, ESPN had the graphic, all of the teams that Dion, Dion played for in the NFL are all 2-0. Are they? The Falcons are 2-0, the Cowboys are 2-0, the 49ers are 2-0, the Ravens are 2-0, and the Commanders are 2-0. I've got an odd one for you <laughs> if you're ready for it. So, uh, North Carolina, Kansas, and Kentucky, Duke, basketball schools are all 12-0 so far yeah, in football. Yeah. How about that? Duke's got a quarterback, Riley Leonard, Yes, that I think is going to be a stud. Yep. He's in pretty awesome. Could be. All right, back to beat the streak. So Dave took Nolan Arenado. I'm going to take Contreras. Mm. Now, do I get both Contreras brothers if I just take Contreras? Yeah, I was going to say, you got to take one. All right, I'll take William then. I'm going to take William Contreras. You're not going to go hit. with uh, Wilson? Wilson. He's got a seven-game hitting streak yeah, coming into play. He'll get one too, but I don't want to ruin it that for him. He's 12 for his last 25. I'm going to go with William Contreras Marshy, tonight. you're up. I'm going to go with Tyrone Taylor, who's batting 429 against Adam Wainwright and has seven ribbies and two home runs. He's batting ninth tonight. Don't love that. Hmm. Uh, but I will pick him to get a base hit. How dare you I will take go. a brewer. Oh, you went with Contreras. So i got to go Goldie. Well, you could go Wilson Contreras. I'm going Goldie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair. Uh, he's 8 for 21, 381 average, couple of homers, driven in seven against Peralta. You double dipped. I did. I like that. I did. Well, you get a home run, and uh, it counts for a hit. So That's true. You're good. Yeah. All right, so here you go. Dave had the number one selection. He took Nolan Arenado. I took William Contreras. Marsh went with Tyrone Taylor. And Jamie, as Dan's Picking for Jamie. He'll have Paul Goldschmidt tonight, and that's beat the streak. Dave, thanks, buddy. We'll hopefully we'll talk to you tomorrow. 
Hey, you finish strong, guys. All See right, you tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I like, I like Dave. We're faltering down the stretch here. Just <laughs> gasping for <laughs> air. Dave's like, man, these guys have been on for a while. They, they need a bump. I like and he that. gave us the bump. Let's go. Yes. All right. Let's hmm. do uh, biggest question of the day. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. All right, guys. Well, Tyler O'Neill is injured once again. He's on the IL with a right foot sprain. Oh, no. Oh, no. Anyways, we got a text from the 719. Have we seen the last of Tyler O'Neill in a Cards uniform? Legit question. I say yes. We do. Give me your thinking behind it. I think the Cardinals, in efforts to relieve some of the congestion they have in the in the outfield, they just finally say, "We're moving on. We have seen enough. We're the, the one year that he had. We've been holding on to for the last three years. It's time to make him somebody else's problem. They're not going to get anything of value for him, but I think I think teams given up nothing." A low-level prospect will say, okay, he's worth a shot based on that year. And he might have a good month. He might have a good month of April, and everybody's, oh, Tyler O'Neill, And then he'll get hurt, and then we'll be all be reminded of why the Cardinals moved on. It's interesting that they didn't trade him at the deadline, which they could have done that. Um, you probably were trying to drive up his value with a strong finish going into the offseason. Yeah. Maybe for yourself, I, I tend to lean towards that he will be traded because of the uh, the talent that they have in the outfield. A lot of those guys are younger players. But then it bleeds into other things. Like, are, is Tommy Edmond going to be a center fielder? Is he going to be somebody you hold on to? Then it bleeds into Brendan Dye. I mean, you see what I'm saying? It's I a trickle-down effect with some of this stuff um, that they have. I also, you know, I have to wonder about what – his mindset is about playing in St. Louis. You know, is he frustrated over all the way back in the beginning of the season when he was questioned about not scoring on a play, not hustling? Yes. And what's his appetite to stay here? It, you know, it takes two to tango, and his agent can simply step in and say, look, it's just not working for my guy, and you know what? Let's let's break this relationship off. I'm not saying that is the case. I just wonder if it is. Yeah. And maybe it's time to, to move on for both both sides. Good call. Yeah. That's Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalzer. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. What you miss? Criticisms, compliments next. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you miss anything from today's show, make sure you download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app. Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie today. Dan, always love working with you. you always too, love doing the radio, man. You're you're, uh, you're an absolute pro. You too, buddy. And you and Marshy make in. it so much fun and easy to do. So love you, man. thank you. Well done. I uh, But, you know, when you're a pro, you're supposed to get things right. Oh, you no, you haven't messed up in years. Um, <laughs> I probably messed up an hour ago. Dion's Prime 21 Shades. I yeah. said it was $1.5 million. It's now been uh, added up from this weekend at $4.5 million in sunglasses sold. $4.5 million. You know what's crazy, too? 
They're priced at $67, and he sold uh, 70,000 units. Probably went up because we were talking about probably. it. Probably. That's probably yeah, why. Probably, good yeah, call, Marsh. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, those Absolutely. numbers definitely went yeah, up. Yeah, good call there, Marsh. Um, if you wa- you're watching the games, you, you go to the commercial, like, it's all Dion. I, I was saying that today <laughs> to somebody. It's all Dion. He's got they the Saban commercial. He's yeah. got... Uh, they got a KFC commercial. KFC. His was entire the, family has it. They're in the commercial. And then there's somebody, he's got another one, too, that's out there. Um, he had three. Like a like a, an almonds or pistachio. That's what it, yeah, almonds, it was a candy bar or yeah. something. Yeah. He's doing all right. How yeah. much money, though, has he made that school already? That's the thing. I mean, just the yeah. enrollment, the attention, the the fact that you're on primetime television. It's no a doubt. it's a commercial for your team. Yes, good for it's him. Huge. Yeah, it's personal. It is. <laughs> it's personal. Yeah, it's personal. All right, Marsh. Uh, what do you got for criticism? Oh, by the way, the podcast. I don't think I've mentioned it. The podcast is all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Did I mention that? If no, not, you hadn't. Another no. one. Yep. Yeah. All right, uh, Marsh. What do you got for criticisms and compliments? Uh, From the 603. Hey, Anthony. Just had my first experience at the big house against Bowling Green, and it was the best sporting event I've ever been to. Nice. It is very cool. You ever been to the big house? I haven't. I want to do it. I want to go see one at the Horseshoe, too. Okay. Awesome. I've never been to the Horseshoe. Been to the big house. That's probably the the venue that I've been to the most, just because I lived in Detroit and... uh, my my buddy his his dad was the OC for Michigan under oh, under did you Lloyd get good Carr. Seats? Awesome seats, yeah, man. like seven rows up, fifty yard line. Awesome. I mean, I'm very fortunate. But that place, I've talked about this. When you look around, it's not as loud. It's loud, but it's not as loud as you think. Was it 110,000? It's yeah, I think it's 110,000. But when you look, if you just look back or you look around, just a sea of people. So it's a COVID nightmare. It's a COVID nightmare. <laughs> it's Dr. Fauci's nightmare. Yeah. But cool environment nonetheless yes, there. 100%. <laughs> I did not expect you to go with that. I'm just thinking about it. I call it <laughs> it's just, I just think back, it was like three years ago. No one's in the stands. Yeah. And then you have 110,000 people outside in Michigan. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. You guys mentioned the horseshoe in Ohio State. I went there, I want to say it was between my freshman and sophomore year of college. Went there for a, uh, 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 what was it? No, it was, a, it was a golf event. I just went up there this past year for a wedding, but it was for, what's the golf event that happens every... The memorial. The memorial, yes. Went for the memorial. Great time, by the way. It was super fun. But we went to the horseshoe, and we just walked right in, mm-hmm. and then I guess they had these tours going on their people were walking around and like no one was there so we just walked right onto the field really i'm standing at the 50 yard line get tackled no one said anything there was wow. no one there there's literally nobody there okay we, me and my buddies were just on the field you go marshy and then and then finally after we were on the field for like 10 or 15 minutes they came on and they're like are you part of the tour and we're like yes we are no ish i've had people tell me that Michigan's top five, Notre Dame's top five, Horseshoe's top five, um, and then a couple SEC schools. Like, going between the hedges, Georgia, LSU. I've been there, too. That place is awesome. Yeah. I've uh, never been to LSU. I want to go to LSU. I want to go to Ole Miss, night too. Game. I, yes, night game for LSU, and for an, sure. And an Ole Miss game. Yep, me, the too. Grove. What about you and Florida? I should go. Let's do it. That'd be fun. Yeah. What about the Swamp? Tim Tebow said it's the best stadium in the world. <laughs> I don't believe them. In the entire world. I see that place sometimes, and I'm like, that looks like a swamp. 
it looks like a box. It, like it's a weird. Box. Yeah, and the seats don't match, and I'm sure there's something to it. But I that that stadium to me does nothing for me. Not really for me either. But no. between the hedges, awesome. I would love to go a night LSU game. Yeah, it's got to be a night Death game. Valley. Yes. Yeah. I hear Austin's awesome too. I oh. drove by um, two places that looked really cool. One was Notre Dame Stadium. Um, it was small. I couldn't believe how it just looked yeah. small from the outside. Been um, there. And then the other one was Penn State. Drove by that. And I was doing a basketball game there, and it just nice. it looked really cool. Did you see Touchdown Jesus when you were at? I uh, did. I did as well. Notre it was because it was still. Uh, I was still in high school, so this is this is late nineties, and Touchdown Jesus was doing prominently his thing. doing yes. his thing. Yes. Yeah. It was still displayed. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, from a six one eight, we were doing the gauntlet earlier today, and I needed the options to uh, get the Lake Ontario question correct, but. Uh, and this isn't the only person that texted in. They said Holmes Marsh. Got to got to know the Great Lakes acronym. I I, I just never I never learned that. I I didn't school. either. Holmes. So yeah. I guess we have Huron, uh, Ontario, Ontario, Michigan, Erie, and Superior. Superior. There you go. Holmes. Okay. Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. That information mm-hmm. could have been useful uh, to Marsh for sure. That question and um, random trivia. Well, now we know. For the next time we lose a fantasy football league and have to take the ACT. That's true. Yeah. That that could. What if that was our Waffle House challenge? That would be be terrible. That'd be rough. I know the other place. I took the ACT a couple times. I'd like to go. I'd like to go see um, like one of the armed forces games. Oh, good call! Like an army, navy. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, Yeah. that'd be really neat. San Diego. That'd be awesome. That would be cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dan, great stuff. Again, great stuff Thank as you, always, buddy. my man. Always fun to be here. For Andrew Marsh, Dan McLaughlin, I'm Anthony Stalter. So here's what we got for you. Panthers-Saints pregame, very short pregame. Let's it's go from Steelers. 6 to 6.30. We are not joining in progress <laughs> that uh, that Browns and Steelers game afterwards, but Dan's got some rooting interest there. I just um, am a big Steelers fan. Yeah, you are. You, well, you love Kerry Davis. Absolutely. That's why. It's a connection to the station, man. You've been uh, very high on not only Kenny Pickett, but Mitchie Football, Mitch Trubisky. Who wouldn't be? Yep. So we'd have Panthers and Saints <laughs> pregame at 6, kickoff at 6.30. And uh, you also have tonight, Monday Night Football, the second game, Browns and Steelers. But we just are airing that Panthers and Saints game. For Dan McLaughlin, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Salter, see ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.